Exactly. How many exactly. times exactly. So that's that's my little cheat code to finding some of the best records. Hey, that's a real cheat code right there, brother, because that was a bop. <laughs> that's how you get it started. That was a bop. I'm just saying, man, I was feeling we are one-ish this morning, TM. Yes, sir. I'm with you, brother. Yeah, man. So we had a conversation last night, and uh, we were just thinking about this particular topic and why this topic is so important is because I feel like it's probably one of the least discussed topics probably period in the entrepreneurial space. Yeah, I think this is probably one of the least discussed topics in the entrepreneurial space in terms of, you know, what we see on social media. But I feel like it's probably one of the most real needed (laughs) conversations in the space. Because I think what happens is, you know, a lot of times, man, as entrepreneurs, especially from the, in, the, in the realm of social media, we only really display the wins. We only display the wins. We only display the things that are going great. We don't display the times when we are feeling like giving up. We don't display the times when we feel like this shit is getting difficult. Am I really built for this? When our backs begins to get 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 against the wall, when we run into cash flow issues, when we cash flow issues, marketing issues, marketing issues, issues, tax issues. You know what? Even what's issues? Yeah, matter of fact, you know what? Oh, have you ever just made too much money and that was a problem? Ah, not for me, man. You know, I'm an asset-driven type of guy, first man. You know what I'm saying? Well, I guess what I'm saying is, not it ain't the money, but maybe the fulfillment with the money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because it's one thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so we're gonna talk about that. And the only thing I ask is that we have a a 100% honest conversation because I do believe, I truly, truly believe that this conversation is one. It can be. It can be if we do this right. If we don't fumble it, this can be probably one of the most powerful and impactful conversations that we've had all year. I believe that to my core. I really do. Um, so with that being said, with that being said, man, my name is Byron, real estate investor out of Houston, Texas, primarily focused on the wholesale space. Do a lot of creative finance, new construction, fix and flip. Pretty much all things real estate now transitioning pretty much full time into the build to rent space and learning and growing in that space. Um, as we speak and truly excited about that also proud member of the accelerator program man we just had a lot of people do a lot of amazing things last week you know a lot of firsts you know oh and that's amazing it's truly amazing to see those first pop up in the way that they they did um and are continuing to and i just think that's super dope yeah super super dope yeah so with that being said, listen, oh, what you got going on, man? I know you sound what's like What's up? You're... What's up, man? You know, I'm getting fit. You know what I'm saying? I want some shit to fit, man. Feeling good right now, man. I'm at the gym. But, uh, O'Neal Parker Real Estate Investor Entrepreneur. Started real estate in 2016, became full-time 2020. As I stated earlier, estate driven, like rentals. Do pretty much all things real estate as well. 
actually talked about how I got my first rental on the YouTube channel. We dropped that yesterday, right? Yeah, you did. So, man, we need about, I think it's 20 more subscribers so we get a thousand. So, yeah, we got a, some special stuff once we hit a thousand. Um, the environment doesn't like the studio, so we're ready to give you a lot of, a lot more content. Yeah, it got to be exchange of value, though. We just need some few clicks, two subscribes. We drop some more content, bring in more guests. That's it, man. You know what's dope is uh, we need how many? Chat. We need we need how many uh subscribers? We need twenty four oh, subscribers. 30. 30. Yeah, yeah. Thirty four. Thirty six. You know, yeah, you know, five, six people do it right now. Five, six people do it later. We can reach the goal at the end of the, end of the show. We can hit a thousand by the end of the show, huh? Yeah, there ain't got no, you know. Got no stingy energy. energy. Got gotcha, you, got gotcha. you. So it's going to be 100% contingent on if people got stingy energy in the room. Is that what That's you're saying? it. Because I know everybody on here ain't no subscriber. I know that for sure. Mmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, we're working on that. Well, the good thing is, if you are interested in learning how O was able to leverage the bank and get his first rental property, which I think was absolutely genius, me personally. I think it was a genius way that he structured that deal. And it just it just go to show that with a little bit of creativity, with a little bit of, you know, just sticking, sticking through it, right? Because that deal was essentially a failed wholesale deal, right? O? It was Hell a yeah. it was a failed wholesale deal that O was like, you know what? Fuck that. I ain't failing. I'm finna figure out something else for this deal. And that deal ended up turning into a very profitable rental that he was able to pick up with zero dollars. Matter of fact, you got twenty two was it twenty one or twenty two dollars at closing on that 22, deal? Twenty two, man. You got twenty two dollars. That's enough to get you a Big Mac and a fry. Yeah. For two people, but one, one of my one of my family members she made six hundred something dollars. Six hundred something dollars. Who that? I name Ariel. She she is in sometimes. So she got six hundred something dollars on her on on at closing. When she bought the property. Yes, when sir. she bought the property. It's a beautiful thing. Um. So, if you are interested in learning about how that took place, I think it's always valuable to kind of listen to people's deals like those kind of situations i think you gain a lot of insight on it because sometimes sometimes right we forget that a lot of these deals be figure outable <laughs> figure outable uh if we just you know like tweak a few things and i love love listening to a lot of deal engineering because that helps you to think outside of the traditional box and you can kind of start picking up on some things that you could kind of use in your toolbox to help sharpen your skills to get you closer to whatever goal from a real estate perspective that even not even beyond real estate this this actually goes beyond real estate uh, because a lot of deals no matter what business that you're in a lot of times the the best deals are made when you can kind of think a little creatively when you can um also also figure out what specifically all parties want and get the the get those things accomplished while also getting what you want to get accomplished for yourself that is powerful that that mentality right no matter what business that you're in is always going to be valuable and it's always going to pay you the highest amount of money period 
the highest amount of money period that mentality period um that is what ceos that's that's how they hire big ceos big big all of the o's whether it's chief financial officer chief this chief marketing officer all of them o's are hired because they're able to figure out those types of problems and when you have that skill set and you can think in that way it's not very many places where you won't be able to generate income period i don't give a damn what nobody say it's all figure out but well, making up words <laughs> yeah 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 i just made up one right there on the spot you know, everybody here that's looking to buy the assets, if you have a full-time job, at least 640 credit score, easily obtainable. I think the video only nine minutes, so I ain't going to take too much of your time. You can easily get it done. That's free game for you. That's a fact. So definitely tap into that. Um, check that out. It's going to be a blessing. But uh, with no further ado, we got Dr. Ashley V. Wilkinson in the building. What's going on? How you feeling? This well, you're getting better with it, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, tweaking it a little bit. Figure out Robo. You know. <laughs> hey, y'all. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to you. Why are y'all like this on the other side? You're getting better with it. <laughs> that practice makes perfect. Yeah, man. That is hilarious. Byron, did you pat yourself on the back? You sounded like you were like, yeah, 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 I did. I did. I get it. I got better. I got better. Yeah. You know, every now and then you got to give yourself a little credit, you know. <laughs> every now and then. Let me know if you all can hear me. Clearly. Clearly. Okay. Is it crystal clear? Crystal. Well, awesome. Hey, y'all. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Good morning to each and every single one of you. Today, we are in the brand new month of June. We are. Did your, did your month get started well? It did. It did. Uh, I, I got some things I'm working on, but it did. What about yours, O'Neal? Like some red, baby. It's starting off great. Like <laughs> <laughs> some red. Kicked out some folks. Going Kicked out some folks. Yeah. Hell yeah. Up. Oh, see, that's one of those things that you don't talk about often when you have to kick out some folks. Absolutely. Is, is that a part of the conversation? Oh, we having that conversation uh, yeah. today. I, I used to be all in my feelings about it. Now I don't give a fuck. You got to go. <laughs> Ooh. See, and that's the problem for me. That's the that's the problem for me, because I'll be like, oh, give them five more days. Nah, nah. That's, how, that's how you. That's how they, they take your money out your pocket. You know, first yeah. thing, like, man, they got kids, man. They got kids. Nah, <laughs> you don't you don't care about your kids if you don't pay your rent. I'm sorry. Hey, I, you flipped I, I it. As was say, he had, he did a whole mind shift. Can't care more about your kids than you. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I can't care more about your kids than you. Oh, that's some perspective. That is some perspective right there. They your kids. Oh Lord. <sighs> you know what, Byron? I think shaking Atkins is right. They said O'Neill going to keep Byron encouraged so he don't have to do the intro. That's it. That's exactly it. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. That's it. I think he got it right. 
that's what it is. You know, mm-hmm. Neil don't like that to do it. So he's going to shout you out back. He's going to make you feel good. Like, exactly. Oh, you getting better. Pump me up, you know. <laughs> you see, he did not deny. I seen it. I seen it. I think, I think he peeped it all the way out. Thank you, Shaggy. We need good people in the audience to let us know. That, right. That part. That part. All right, y'all. Hey, y'all. You know, so last week, I I, uh, announced Fear, Byron, before I even announced on my own social media platforms, because I just announced it yesterday on my own social media platforms. But I announced last week here that I'm going to be a speaker for the BMW conference. And this conference is designed for minority business owners, women business owners, and veteran business owners. So for those who are going to be in the South Carolina area, taking place in August, I'm gonna put that link in the chat. It is a free conference hosted by BMW. It's their annual exchange conference. And Byron, I'm going to post that link in the chat for anyone who is in the South Carolina area and would like to attend that conference. I'm going to post that in the chat for them so that if they are a women business owner, a minority business owner, and or a veteran business owner, they may want to pull up, Byron. I I think so. Put it in the chat. Yeah, I'm going to do that. And yesterday, I have to share, Byron, and some of the people in the audience and on the stage joined me for my very first room back to Clubhouse under the Phenomenal Women Leading Club. Listen, I used to host rooms under the Phenomenal Women Leading Club three times a week. And for the past year, I have not done that. I've only hosted a room here, there, everywhere, or whenever (laughs) I felt like hosting the room. And so yesterday was the first time that I kicked back off my three times a week room. So we hosted a very successful room yesterday on Public Speaking 101. If you want to go behind the scenes and learn my tips, my tricks, my strategies that I've used in my 20 year plus public speaking career, I'm sharing those, Byron, can you believe it? Vibes. Is that a vibe? Vibes. Shout out to I Am Millionaire in the chat. He says that content was top tier. He learned a lot yesterday. So for those of you who want to tap in further, please make sure you connect with me. You can follow me right here on Clubhouse so you're notified when I host those rooms. You can connect with me on Instagram, on Facebook, and on LinkedIn. You can join the group on Facebook, The Confidence to Speak. That's where you're going to get all the deets about my public speaking career and how you can strengthen your public speaking skills as well as your stage presence. And last but not least, Byron, I'm happy to share that I also rolled out the opportunity to work directly with me to strengthen your public speaking. So if you need help writing your signature speech, developing your message, crafting your story, 
working on your interview skills, and I'm talking about media interview, not job interviews, but your media interviews. If you need assistance with perfecting your stage presence or any of those things and more, you wanna send me the word speak. You can send me the word speak right here on Clubhouse. It's best if you text the number in my bio, text the word speak to the number in my bio, and I'm happy to give you those details. I'm really excited about it, Byron, and we had an amazing, amazing room yesterday, and I look forward to having more. Now, I'm here with part one of the B.O.B. No stingy energy news, but don't forget we have a call to action going on right now at the top of the room. If you click the link at the top of the screen and join, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We are about 10 people away, Byron. Is that right? From a thousand people on YouTube. Check yeah. those numbers for me, Byron. About Let's 30, see if we had 30 or so. 30 or so. Okay. So if you click the link at the top of the screen, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. We would like to celebrate today hitting 1,000 subscribers on the No Stingy Energy YouTube channel. You think we can do that today? I think so. We 19 away so far. We got we got a couple people just subscribed just now. Shout out awesome. Shout out to them for helping us reach our goals during the first session of the week. This is going to be an epic month. I can feel it already. Byron, have yeah. you heard about Vision Pro? I did hear about Vision Pro. You have heard about Vision Pro? You talking about the Apple version? Correct. Yeah, I heard of that. I heard of that. So Apple has introduced the Vision Pro. It's a mixed reality headset. It's the company's most significant hardware innovation in years. It is expected to sell early next year for $34.99. It is an augmented blended with virtual reality. That's super cheap. I thought it was way higher than that. Only $34? No, no, no. $3,499. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> See, for the yeah. slow folks, we thought it was $34. Oh, no. <laughs> they want no. it all. Yeah, let me break it down. For $3,499, Apple will give you a chance to connect to apps in an entirely different way. It's the first device that blends virtual reality and augmented reality. Can I be... I, this is one of those things, though. Ashley, I got to be real with everybody in the room. This is one of those kind of moments where you think to yourself, is it time to buy some Apple stock today? <laughs> because this is one of them things where it's either going completely flop, right? It's going to completely flop and people are not going to adopt it because people have, you know, have brought out um, technology like this before. And it is, it has been an epic feel. Now, that Apple is joining, right? And not saying that Apple is, you know, you know, super, super special in in that sense. But what I'm thinking, they are, they are, they are. They, are. they have the influence to make something like this take on mass adoption. 
And if that happens, I wonder if this will change the world forever type of technology. Literally change the world forever. Like I, I think, it, I don't know, just a thought of mine. I think if, if, if you get people to adopt this, I I really wonder if it will change the world forever in the terms of the way that we kind of move and interact with content. Um, because as this comes, this is gonna be crazy, man. Gonna be able to order groceries from my eyeballs. From the eyeballs, oh, what about? Okay, think about this, oh, think about this. They say you're gonna be able to watch the game courtside, oh, you're gonna be able to watch the game from courtside. You can walk down grocery aisles. You can. It's so many things that this is going to introduce into the way we interface with tech um i don't know man in conjunction with like Neuralink and all these different things that they coming out with man i am very interested to see if this has the capabilities of changing the world um i know that the iphone definitely changed the way that we interface with our phones forever we've never been the same since iphone oh it's never been the same you heard, you heard Amazon trying to come up with their own mobile thing? That's going to be crazy. See? Like Amazon, Apple, and, and, and Tesla, man, they might as well be partners, man. Take over the fucking world. Take over the world. But then that'll scare people, too, though. Oh, people will be scared about that. It is what it is, bro. Yeah, it is what it is. You can't. You can't. Yeah, they, they have probably more power than the governments in a lot of ways. But, you know, that's another conversation. They got more influence than the government. i tell you that. Of facts. So, Ashley, what's your thoughts on that? Do you believe that this technology could potentially have the, the 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 you know the capabilities of changing the way we interface with technology for for the for the rest of our lives? So here's what I think. I think that just like social media has, I think they start with a segment of the population that they know are going to adapt. And this is with anything, you all. This is what this is really what strategy is. And I use it myself all the time when I'm working in organizations. You start with a population of people who are already accustomed and more inclined to use the technology. So you're going to target those people just like they do with social media. They target they targeted a specific group of people. And then they started adding to that group of people so much so that the other group of people then end up either becoming extinct or they become so small that they realize they have to adapt to the larger group. And that's the reason why so many people are flocking to social media now, because they may have tried to resist it and they realize they couldn't resist it anymore. And now they're on, they're trying to perfect their LinkedIn and their Instagram and their YouTube and so forth, so forth, because that's the way of the world. What I think is going to happen, and I don't know if it's going to work with this particular technology, because I think for for a certain portion of people, they're still afraid to get that into it. But I think what they're going to do is they're going to target the gaming industry. They're going to target this whole group of esports. They're going to target people who you know they're used to this type of uh technology on a regular basis they're going to target those groups of people first and see if they get buy-in with them more so 
and then start expanding out until other people want to try it. That's what I think they're going to do. I can dig it. I think it's just going to be one of those things that is going to either be a major flop or an extreme adoption and success. Uh, I don't think this first iteration is going to be the one that, 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 that will happen with, but I do think the second and third generation of it is going to be what makes all of the difference. Um, only because it's, it's so new. It's so awkward. Um, it's so big and, and, and clunky in, in that sense. But I do believe that the technology, once it's kind of smaller, streamlined, and more people can wear it in the form of just a basic, you know, basic glasses. Yeah, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Um, so I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested to see uh, how that how that plays out. Really. Me too. Listen, um, I know we're gonna get to it, so I don't want to go too much longer in the news this morning. I will definitely pick it back up. But I want to shout out and honor this lady named Munich Williams. I hope I pronounced it correctly. Munich Williams. Listen, if I was a parent in this particular school, I would do all the things to shower this woman if my children rode a school bus. This woman, 24 years old, brand new bus driver. She's only been a bus driver for under one year. She was driving a group of 37 students to Milwaukee Academy of Science. And they were only two blocks away from the school when she started smelling something that was burning. Now she's a mother of a one-year-old and she's currently expecting her second child. And she smelled something burning. She immediately stopped, evacuated the bus, and within seconds, the bus went into flames. The entire bus burned down. That's a hero. Immunic Williams is her name in Milwaukee. And to see the pictures of this burning bus and to know that your child was on that bus just a few seconds before it just exploded. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? That pregnancy nose is real. Let's be clear about that. People. <laughs> Shout out to the pregnancy <laughs> nose in the building. That pregnancy nose is real. Anyone in the room who's had a child, you know your senses are on overload and that pregnancy nose was real. So shout out to her. <laughs> Listen. Smell everything. You smell everything. You hear me? I still, listen, I don't think my nose ever went back the same because I still smell everything. Y'all, y'all hung out with me. Y'all know I smell everything. <laughs> y'all know I still smell everything. Listen, before we get into our conversation, are you stressing or is your business a blessing? We're going to tap into it. But before we do, we have to shout out two amazing groups of people, business owners, our sponsors, they make this possible for us. And we're so excited to give them their flowers and to let them know that we appreciate all that they do, but most importantly, to inform you all of what they do as well so we can support them just as they have supported us. So we have two business sponsors. The first one is the Wealth Connect Live 2023 event 
taking place in Miami, Florida, June 23rd through the 25th, where Rick Ross is a headliner, Dr. Myron Golder is a key presenter. Our very own Alvin Hope Johnson is a speaker as well. This is hosted and facilitated by Annetta Powell, the visionary behind this event. And there are other top Stormy Wellington going to be there too. I'm going to be there. Stormy Wellington. He's an umbreeder. Stormy Wellington. Byron. Yeah, I'm going to go there and visit out. Byron and O'Neill, the No Stingy Energy crew will be in the building. And you need to be there too. And you can be for under $300. What? In Miami. In Miami. And if you want to upgrade, get on that boat. You can get on that boat. The yacht. Can you say yacht? Yeah, we're on that boat. Can you let the people know what the situation is? It's a yacht. It's not a boat. There's a difference. It's a difference. Okay. Okay. You know, my my it'll be to the street. I know your it'll be to the suburb. It's a little different. Huh? No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Let me get my shit together. Listen. Listen. Byron tried to blast me last week, y'all. We were on the phone. He wanted to know what type of fast food restaurants I eat at. Hilarious. Like Starbucks. Hey, she cracking up laughing. She cracking up. <laughs> Starbucks. I was like, I eat a Panera bread. <laughs> hey, look, she My knows nothing Jesus. about the church's chicken. <laughs> that's that's the burger ass food. Yeah. <laughs> you don't eat that Bojangles. Bojangles. <laughs> Yo! <laughs> oh my God! I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No offense. No offense. Yo, she's cracking up, man. <laughs> he just threw me it's off. Difference in the fast food places, you know. <laughs> There's a difference. Oh gosh. Yeah, I'm gonna be on so that boat. Oh gosh. Okay. Well, others are gonna be on the yacht while Byron's <laughs> on the boat, but. <laughs> <laughs> you are an upgrade to that yacht life, all right? So make yeah. sure you click the link so you can see exactly what your options are for the Wealth Connect Live 2023. Don't forget to click the link at the top of the screen and you will see sponsor the Wealth Connect Live 2023. You will also see sponsor kindskiptracing.com. That's where you can get your data credits for as little as three cents, 2.9 cents, or 2.8 cents per data credit that is bonkers completely unheard of that you can get that much data for that low 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 price so make sure you tap into our sponsors we're going to get into it are you stressing or is your business a blessing let's tap in wow um thank you for that thank you for that we got a lot to talk about and what we got to talk about is something that I believe is not talked about enough. And I believe me personally, I believe if we talked about it more, it's just my thoughts and it's just a theory of mine. But I believe if we talked about this side of entrepreneurship, we'd get more entrepreneurs in the space. We retain more entrepreneurs in the space. And I also believe that that it would be more support groups centered around entrepreneurs specifically. I truly believe that entrepreneurs are what helps us grow 
the human race. The human race benefits from entrepreneurs a thousand percent. Matter of fact, our experience on this planet is greatly benefited every single day by what entrepreneurs bring to the marketplace. So let's think about this. We just talked about Apple bringing, what's the name of this thing? Uh, what's the name of this thing? Uh, I think it's, I think it's overrated. Vision Pro, Vision Pro. But, but, but beyond that, beyond it being overrated, whatever it may be, my point is we got the Vision Pro. A lot of us right now are listening to this conversation on the iPhone, right? And we're listening to this conversation from the comfort of our homes all over the world, all over the world. And this conversation was brought to you by some visionary, some entrepreneur who decided whether it was in a basement, whether it was in their living room, whether it was in, you know, in their bedroom at wee hours of the night, you know, teetering and tottering on how can I figure out how to solve this particular problem? I believe that if I can solve this problem, I can help a billion people have a better living experience on this planet. Not that many thousands of years ago, right? A lot of the things that we take for granted today that entrepreneurs have brought into our existence, right? The things that we take for granted today, listen, that make our life tremendously easier was brought to us by great entrepreneurs. Now think about this. What about the entrepreneurs that had the next Vision Pro idea, the next iPhone idea, the next Tesla idea, the next uh, uh, BlackBerry idea, the next uh, Netflix idea, Amazon idea that unfortunately aren't with us anymore because maybe at the moment they were getting ready to release their product, stress, overwhelm, took them out. Some of them even probably committed suicide if we just really want to have an honest conversation. Some of them, some of them uh, gave up because the, the, the stress of it was, was too much. The stress was too much. Some of us right now in this room, some of us right now in this room have billion dollar ideas ruminating in our heads right now as we speak, billion dollar ideas. Those ideas will stay ideas in our heads, right? Because some of you will not either have the courage, the wherewithal, the knowledge, uh, and the overall tenacity or the partnerships needed to bring those ideas into fruition. And to me, that's a shame. To me, that's a shame. Because a lot of times it's the ideas. I mean, it's the partnerships that we're able to create. It's the tenacity. It's the courage to think beyond the right now to go to what is potential? What what is the later? What 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 can we get accomplished? And 
the reason why I wanted to make sure that we have this conversation, the reason why it's so important is because you do not see this version, this conversation on social media. It is absent. This conversation is absent on social media. And what if, what if, oh, what if one of the best entrepreneurs in this room right now, listening to me speak on this, has the billion dollar idea and they're fearful about taking on that idea because they're scared about what it's going to look like. They're scared if they experience their first failure that it's not worth their time or they're, 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 you know, they, the anxiety of, of stepping outside of their comfort zone because they think everybody on, you know, that's in business got it figured out and, and they don't know that, that most of us don't have it figured out. We just, we just shit put on a good game face and, 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 and keep working. You know what I'm saying? That's the truth. We put on a great game face and keep working. Um, what if they knew that most of us just put on a great game face and keep working as well, but they're intimidated by the internet version of what we call the successful entrepreneur. That is who this particular conversation is geared towards specifically, because what I want everybody to know is that most of the people that you look up to in the entrepreneurial space, a lot of them are just, they just have on a great game face and they keep doing the work. That's the only difference between them and you. They have the same levels of stress. They have the same uh, uh, levels, the, the same problems. Some of them run into cash flow issues. Even if they're making a tremendous amount of money, some of them run into, um, uh, uh, what do you call it? The, the imposter syndrome issues. All of those things. All of those things everybody is going through, we just don't talk about it enough because we only are attracted to talking about the wins. I believe that this conversation, the reason why I believe this conversation is so important is because I really want the people who have that billion dollar idea, right, to bless, go ahead and move forward and bless the earth with that billion dollar idea because you never know who is suffering because you haven't taken that leap to believe in yourself. You never know. I mean, where would we be honestly, especially these ladies in here, y'all better not front. Where would y'all be without Amazon today? Tell the truth. <laughs> where would the ladies be without Amazon today? <laughs> That's what we're doing. We calling out the ladies. That's what we're doing. Where, where did you order? Where did you order half of your podcast equipment? <laughs> I'm just saying. Where would you be oh. without Amazon today? I just want to know. Mm -hmm. just I feel busy. housed on Amazon. I ain't gonna lie to you. <laughs> Trying to win them bids on eBay. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about are you, is your business a blessing or are you stressing? Let's talk about that. Um, I know we got Corey in the building. Um, and Corey has been pretty candid about his journey in entrepreneurship. A lot of ups and downs, partnerships, you know, have broken up, come together. There's a lot of things going on and transitioning. You know, I've same with me, same with old. I mean, we're constantly trying to evolve, get better as entrepreneurs. But I just want to highlight 
something real quick that no, but I just want everybody to know no matter how good it looks, listen, no matter how good it looks on social media, that everybody is just trying to figure it out and they're just doing the work. Corey, you with us right now? Yeah, it was good. What's your thoughts on what I just said? And what are your thoughts on the behind the scenes part about being an entrepreneur that I don't, I, I, you know, obviously it's not talked about a lot, but what are your thoughts on that particular piece? And what have been some of the things you've had to overcome in, from that space? Yeah, I mean, there's so many things. Um, one thing I used to always say was a lot of entrepreneurs are doing people a disservice because they're making it look easy. They're making it look fun all the time. And, you know, social media is just a highlight of what you want people to see. And so I've, you know, very intentionally tried to tell my story and, you know, put the real out there so that if anybody, you know, who's quitting at nine to five and going to entrepreneurship or taking that leap of faith, they just understand that it's not going to come as easy as you think, you know, um, if it does for you, amazing. But that's just not the, the, the major percentile, you know, that's not what happens. You know, in my, in my, um, in my personal business, you know, there's been so many ups and downs, as you said, I mean, I've had times where I've had million dollar days and I've had times where I was struggling to make 5,000 a month. You know what I'm saying? And I've, I've had days where, you know, we're doing NBA all-star and partner with urban outfitters. And then I've had days where we have lawsuits coming, you know? So, um, I think it's, the, it's all a part of the journey and, and those negatives and those things that happen that are not necessarily in your favor is really what makes it, uh, makes when you do succeed so worth it. When I, when I have something going on that is positive, I'm like, man, I remember when I, was I wanted to be in this position. And so even right now, like I shut our site down about 30 days ago because I wanted to redo the back end. I wanted to get some stuff straight in our back end. I'm looking to get acquired. Um, so I, I've had some companies show some interest and I needed to do some stuff on my end to prepare for a big Q3 and Q4. So I shut the site down for 30 days. Everybody seemed like, bro, why did you shut the site down? Why did you shut, shut the site down? I was like, well, a few reasons. Like we, we, we get so many orders and like it's, it's so much like commotion. I just needed silence for a while so that I could operate at the highest ability. I, I, didn't, I didn't need to worry about new orders and all of that because there's a bigger play here. And so some people might have saw it as a negative, but all I've been doing was collecting emails and then building um, a sense of urgency, building people who really want the product. In the meantime, while I'm doing that, um, I'm currently doing two partnerships. I'm, I'm, I'm working with a partnership on, with Xbox right now, and I have a partnership with um, with AT and T. We're designing a collab piece for Essence Fest for AT and T to uh, to celebrate the 50th year of hip hop, and for Xbox within a company. So while some people see a close sight, others may see you know two really big partnerships that's going to make us a lot of money. And so that's just like a because a lot of times we look at it as from like a everything looks good. But to the public eye, everything might look bad for me, but it's actually going really well because I'm I'm I'm, plan I'm prepared for a, a bigger play right now. You know, I love that. I love that for you, Corey, um, because I know that you do the work, um, and I know ultimately you you, you know it's it's gonna work out because you're always moving with resilience. But I want to I want to talk about. You know, the piece of, you know, going from a million dollar day, struggling to make 5000 to hitting that lawsuit or getting threatened with a lawsuit. 
What what are those roller coaster moments like from an emotional standpoint, right? How are you coaching yourself through those moments specifically? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, you know, you got to really be grounded and you got to have, um, for me, like it's having God in my life and having my family around. So I'm always surrounded by family. Uh, when I bought my house, what, almost two years now, um, I moved my mom, my grandma, and my sister in with me. So I have family with me all the time. And then also, you know, just like being connected with God, I think so many times we choose to look at things and see it as a negative. So like we had a million dollar day, um, two, we had two million dollar days. And when you, when you have million dollar days, a lot of people don't understand that that comes, well, for product from an e-commerce standpoint, um, you have to ship out a million dollars with the product, which for us, that was 33,000 items, 15,000 orders. Now, when you have a team of seven people, that's a lot of orders. And there's a lot of mistake that can happen because we're not machines, we're humans. And sometimes, you know, somebody's getting paid, you know, an average hourly rate, you know, mistakes happen and things happen. So just as quickly as we were celebrating the million dollar day on that same token, we were like, man, we can't get this out in time. We, we have a bottleneck in our business at this place. But you never know that until it happens. Like people are like, well, how didn't you know you couldn't do it? Well, I mean, I've never made a million dollars before. I, I didn't I didn't know how hard it was going to be to fulfill that stuff, you know. And so um, I, I, I stay grounded by understanding that whenever something negative happens, it means I'm being prepared for something greater. So a lot of times we ask God, oh, give us that opportunity or give us this and give us this. But we have to lose that thing that we're holding on to in order to get to the place or the thing that we actually want. So you say, God, I want more time. I want the freedom of time. And then you lose your job and then you complain like, God, I, I, why, why did I lose my, you say you wanted more time. Now you have plenty of time to do exactly what you said you want to do. Now it's time for you to take action. Or were you just saying that you didn't really want it? And so for me, whenever, whenever something negative happens, I always understand that there's something on the other side of that that I got to be ready for. So I try to take that out of it versus seeing it as a negative. I'll give you one perfect example. Before we had a million dollar day, two weeks before that, our warehouse flooded. I was in um, North Carolina. It was raining so much in Atlanta. And we were at this place called the Goat Farm. It was like an old farm that had been transferred into a bunch of warehouse spaces. So one of my wor workers had left something at the warehouse. And he was like, Corey, um, I just came in the warehouse. And it's, it's water everywhere. It's, and, and I was like, what do you mean? He sent me a video. Everything's wet. And mind you, we weren't like the most efficient business. So like we had like boxes on the floor and all this stuff was on the floor. We lost about $30,000 worth of merchandise two weeks before Black Friday. And I'm like panicking because that stuff came from China, which took a month to get here. Like, you know, it, it, you can't just get it fast. And so literally I was like, God, what you trying to show me? So long story short, within two weeks, we ended up getting a new warehouse space. Uh, we went from 3,500 square feet to 8,000 square feet. And then that next week we had a million dollar day. And so you know, <laughs> I always look at it with the positive. Like, what are you trying to show me? What is it that I need to know? What lessons do I need to learn here? And I learned about, you know, racking, the racking system, not having anything on the floor, doing these things. I need to get a new space that was bigger for our expansion. Like, I couldn't have did a million dollar day in that small warehouse, but I had to be removed and, and he had to force me out in order for me to get to the place where I need to be. Wow. 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 What's so important? I hope y'all were able to pull the gems out of that particular um, um you know, conversation that Corey just had, because here's the thing. I talked about that earlier. Oh, um, when I said that sometimes even making money can be a stressful situation because a lot of times, I remember that, I remember that. 
Yeah, a lot of times when we when we get ready to launch something great, right? Yeah, we have some of the back end prepared for it, but some what happens when an unexpected thing pops up, right? And you still have fulfillment and you still have things that you have to get bring to the marketplace. What happens? Yeah. Corey said, um, he talked about that million dollar day, but what does it take to fulfill that million dollar day? <laughs> Buddy Darren said he wanted a $10 million construction company. This was a couple of years ago. Uh, he didn't realize to have a $10 million construction company, he had to burn through $8 million. I get eight, you know, and so we, we asked for the 10 million, but if you're not careful, you'll kill yourself getting to the eight just to fulfill the 10. Corey, Corey, Corey laid it out really well, man. And, and this is really a great topic to have. I was riding to the airport on Sunday. And, you know, I, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I had that half a million dollar problem, right? Or dilemma. And uh, Sunday, I was riding to the airport in my car, and I went, man, how wonderful is it? You know I mean? Look at my car. I'm going to the airport on a Sunday. I'm traveling for work. I get the opportunity to have a half a million dollar situation. Most Some people looking for... Some people looking for $20 for gas. Some people trying to pay their rent. And I had to find a half a million dollars, right? And it's like, wow, God, man, I, I know I prayed or, what, you know, whoever you talk to, pray to. I don't know who I pray to, but it's like, I know what, you know, what I asked for. But, you know, the streets ain't made for everybody. That's why they make sidewalks because... Cause that problem, that thing that I asked for requires these kind of problems, these kind of situations. And if you're not careful, man, I, you, you mentioned that some people kill themselves because of it. The guy that I mentored under, uh, that's what he did. It, it was, it was a tragic situation because hey, he wanted 16,000 units. He, he wanted 20,000 units. And then 2007 and eight happened and them 2000 units took you know, several hundred million dollars down the tubes and he couldn't handle it. So, um, man, it's very important conversation. Thank you for doing this this morning. Absolutely. So real, real quick, Alvin, I know you were able to solve that half a million dollar dilemma and thank God for that. But, you know, just when, just think about the scale of that. I want everybody in the room to think about the scale of that before, while, I, while I ask this question. Because Alvin was able to solve this half a million dollar dilemma. Okay? Was able to get that accomplished. I remember before this dilemma, you had a million dollar dilemma that you needed. I think it was about a million dollars that you needed to get solved. You got that one solved. Um, I think Vina came through and, 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 and so helped solve that one. You were able to what's that? She did that. Absolutely. Shout out to Vina. And when we when we thinking about these bigger things, everybody in this room, right? Like we were talking about how uh Jeff Bezos with Amazon, right? He he just solved a big problem. Right now, Alvin is solving a massive housing problem, massive housing problem. And 
it takes big numbers. But Alvin, when you are in those moments, right? Let's say when you were in that million dollar deficit moment, you need a million dollars. Like you said, a lot of folk in here looking for gas money to get them through the end of the week. And you need a million dollars to get you from point A to point B in your project. What's going on in your head? Well, I'll tell you, I had to get to a place, Byron, Sunday of gratitude. Because again, I, I man, it'll drive, it's not about the project when it gets to that situation because some people don't understand in a business, you could have a spigot. I mean, it's like turning the water on. Man, that water coming out of there so fast, you can't even feel the bathtub. But I mean, you can't, it's running over out of the bathtub. And then when that spigot goes off, <laughs> it's not another drop coming. And sometimes that's how business goes and or your income goes. So in these situations, it's not about the project for me. It's about the people that are with me because I pay payrolls, a lot of them. And when you pay payrolls, that's somebody else's rent. That's somebody else's house note. That's somebody else's kids need food. So that's the responsibility side of this. It's not about, oh, I want 20,000 units of housing. Not at that moment. It's about, man, the runway for me to get this money to pay my people to take care of the people that work with us, for us, that's where the responsibility piece comes in at. And that's the part that is burdensome for some. And so for me, I got, I had, I literally, Sunday, I had to get to a place of gratitude and say, hey, man, I feel so good today. Thank you that I get to have this kind of problem. I'm glad that I was chosen to have this kind of problem. Now, is it is it worse than the $20 gas problem? No. It's all the same. It's just depending on where you stand, where you sit. Is it is it the house note problem? No. It's all the same because I got I'm that problem for me creates a problem for somebody else if I don't handle it. And so that's the part that uh, means more to me than anything is not ever letting anybody down, especially my associates, my team members, and then vendors that we hire. You know, you think, oh, it's just a vendor. Yeah, but guess what? That just a vendor? Oh, I ain't gonna pay him, he's just a vendor. Well, guess what? You don't know what that vendor had to do to get his employees or her employees to get the work done for you. Now you don't pay them, guess what kind of, guess what you just did? You just created a half million dollar problem for somebody else. And so, man, this way bigger than what we think just sitting here on Clubhouse, I want a $10 million business, I'm gonna have a million dollar day. For thank you for bringing that up. Uh, it's, 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 the street, remember this. <laughs> the streets are not for everybody or every vehicle. That's why they make sidewalks. It's okay. You know, I got I to gotta highlight a few things that we're going to cover, and I want to make sure that we can really dive into this particular conversation. So what are some of the top challenges that entrepreneurs face? 
And I really want everybody to really, really dive deep and look at these things because the ultimate goal of this conversation is I want you specifically to step into faith, away from doubt, into courage, away from fear, okay? And take on the idea that you have in your head and don't be fooled by the internet versions of, of entrepreneurs. Because guess what? The same feelings that you have, pretty sure that they have. The same doubts that you have, pretty sure that they have. Everybody else, just they just got a good game face. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. So some of the top things that are, that are facing entrepreneurs. Number one, financial pressures, right? Uncertainty and risk, okay? Work-life balance. Managing multiple roles, time management, decision-making. This is a key one. I think decision-making takes out a lot of great entrepreneurs because a lot of people aren't willing to make tough decisions. O said earlier in the beginning of the show, you know, he no longer views other people's problems as his problems. He, he changes his perspective on it. He says, listen, how am I going to give a damn more about your kids than you care about your kids by not paying your rent and putting them in that situation? Is that what you said, though? 100%. 100%. If you ain't paying your rent, you putting your own kids in that situation. This ain't got nothing to do with me. You didn't put your own kids out. If you pay, you got a place to stay. Hey, perspective. I'm just saying, these are the things you learn in the journey. Right? Not watching the journey. Number seven, competition and marketing pressures. Number 18, building and management. Right? Management is a key one. We got a show that we're doing. I'm bringing on top entrepreneurs that I know in the space, top leaders. We're going to be talking about management and team building. That is a skill set within itself. Number nine, loneliness and isolation. Do you understand that as an entrepreneur, a lot of times, a lot of times as entrepreneurs, we are socially all over the place, but personally lonely and isolated because nobody understands what we're going through, but other entrepreneurs. That's the reason why you find us spending all this kind of money at masterminds and different things of that nature because we ain't got nobody else to talk to. Fuck. So we got to pay for our new friendships and shit. Like th This is a real thing. Number 10, high expectation and perfectionism. Mm. Well, these are some of the things that we're going to be talking about on the other half of this show. And I really want to dive deep on these things because I, look, again, the purpose of this conversation is to help somebody, whoever it may be in this room right now, step away from fear, right? Into courage, step away from doubt, into faith. That is the goal of this conversation, not only for the people listening to the show, but even the people who are speaking and even myself, because I have moments of doubt as well. And I'm always looking for new ways, new perspective shifts to help me step into faith. But Ashley, it's on you. What's going on? Hey, y'all. What's going on? What's goody? excited to get that out <laughs> listen i need you to do me a favor byron can What's you that? repeat number eight for me yes i sure can number mm -hmm. eight is mm -hmm. team building and management 
And number 10. And number 10 is high expectations and perfectionism. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that you focus in when you mentioned number eight and number 10 is being in a space and place with people who understand that process of entrepreneurship, right? Absolutely. That's exactly what you're going to get at the Wealth Connect Live. Wake it up. Oh, okay. I just, I thought I heard the- Uh-oh. Damn. And you in the Matrix. <laughs> you deep in the met- Matrix. Yeah, the Matrix can took you out. About today, Byron, they must be really wooded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That matrix is on its job today. You hear me? But what what she was about to say was make those kind of connections to be in the room with people that can help you understand what that's like. That's exactly what you're gonna get at the Wealth Connect Miami June 23rd, 25th. That is a fact. I'm gonna be in the building. You're gonna be in the building too, uh uh right Alice? Yeah, I'm gonna be in the building, man. I- I put together a presentation. People ask me all the time, Alvin, how can I get in development? And I, I never knew how to talk to that. And I talked to Annetta last week, and she inspired me so much behind her talk on digital products and all that stuff. Did it right here. That weekend, last weekend, I sat down with ChatGPT, and I put together a program uh, that I'm going to unveil at the Well Connect. And be so dope. So yeah, I'm gonna be in the house. I love it. I love it. Well, we may not be able to, I mean, I think Ashley, you still in the matrix. Well, damn. Damn. Well, listen, while we wait for Ashley to come out of the matrix, we're gonna go ahead and do it like this. Listen. <laughs> yeah, you in the matrix, Ashley. The point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got the yeah 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 we'll come back we'll come back so listen if you haven't already make sure you hit the link that's sitting at the top um you know what i'm gonna put the link i'm gonna put this link right up here i want this is what i want you to do because this is gonna be a a powerful event I, i really believe it's gonna be a powerful event not just because i'm gonna be there um it's mainly because it's a lot of high level entrepreneurs that i look up to that i want to build a relationship with and I think you should, you know, go to do the same. I I, re- I really do. Um, so if you are interested in pulling up to the Wealth Connect, put a number one in the chat. I just want to know if anybody is interested in pulling up and and and, and building relation at, at a high level. Listen, we got Annette Powell in the building currently. As we speak, I definitely want to get her perspective on the stressing and the blessing part of business, you know, we're gonna talk about that. You know what I'm saying? But listen, we got a lot of. Can you hear of, me now? I can hear you. Yay! I had to leave and come back, so it works now. Thank you for tapping in with that very important fill-in. Because listen, you all, this is the opportunity. Byron just gave you those top ten reasons. He's going to read it over again. But events like these, the Wealth Connect Live. This type of event was curated, was created, is structured 
for this very reason. Because entrepreneurs don't often have spaces that they can turn to and hear the real, all right? And that's what's going to go on in this space. They're not only gonna tell you what they've been through, but they're also gonna tell you how they came out. And that's important, okay? <laughs> Let's be clear about that. That's where the magic happens. When you Thanks. know what they've been through and you learn how they came out, that's going to help you out in your business. So make sure you tap into that. Have a couple of more updates in this morning's news. Dr. Cornell West announces that he's entering the 2024 presidential election. How many times he done did? He's he done this before, haven't he? Sure. Mm. Has he? Has he ran before? I don't know. I no, get confused. No, no. I get confused. I don't recall him running before. Oh, okay. Well, that's you know. I don't think he has. Now you have me research it just to make sure. But I don't recall Dr. Cornell West ever running before. You probably right. I know he served as a surrogate for people who have ran. I know he's done that, but I don't think he's ever ran. But I'll double check that, Byron. I'll fact check that. But he is in this election. He gonna get your vote, Ashley? And you done went back into the matrix, huh? You done went back in the matrix. Dag nabbit. No, you out. Am I still in the matrix? Oh, I was like, Dag nabbit. It's so funny when you hear my kids walking around the house like, Dag nabbit. <laughs> But um, I did meet him before. I had the opportunity to meet him when he was a surrogate on the last presidential election campaign and talk to him a little bit about his politics. Now, that's all I'll say about that. Listen, the last thing I will share, you all, this is getting absolutely ridiculous with the guns. So there's this young lady, Ajike Owens. She is a black woman, mother of four children, all under the age of 12. Well, according to her attorney, the mother was out playing with her children in a field. A white woman approached the family and called them racial slurs. Upon leaving the field, the children realized they left. They left an iPad. The woman took the iPad. When the kids attempted to get their iPad back, the woman threw it breaking the screen and hitting one of the children. The mom approached the woman to speak and was met with gunfire. That woman lost her life. The mother of four. Wow. And the thing is, the mom actually knocked on the door and the woman shot through the door and killed her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, see, this is, is I'm pretty sure she's going to go to jail for that, right? You know, you never know in some states. With You wish you could say that it's open book like that, but you really can't say that because of so many loopholes. And what they could argue is it self-defense once she entered the person's property. No trespassing, self-defense. Like, you can see how this is going to play out. Yeah. 
It's yeah, definitely you know, a disgusting Karen, situation. You know, Karen gonna use Castle Law now. Mm. You know how Florida is. Florida, um, you know, they got that that little law that was, you know, against uh, Trayvon Martin uh, years ago. Stay so, your ground. Yeah, that stay your ground law is real still firm in there. So with her approaching the property, so it's different when you inside the property versus outside the property. So you have more rights. She has more rights uh, outside the property than she would if she was inside the property. So that might be in her favor, but the stay your ground law is mainly for white people in Florida, uh, honestly, because it only works in their favor, to be honest with you. But uh, that, that's the only thing that's going to be against her right now. Mm, well, see, somehow I could see them painting this picture as, oh, I didn't mean to break it. I was just trying to get it to them safely. I was afraid for my life once she knocked on my door. I didn't know what she was going to do. So I had to protect myself. Like you see all the things. You see how this is gonna play out. Well, a couple key lessons, you know, just keeping it a being, you know, that's why, man, you just gotta, you never know what people be, you know what I'm saying? Just look, man, sometimes you just gotta leave folk alone um, because you never know what mental state folk be in these day. You know, um, you know, I had a little moment of road rage over the weekend, and uh, and I and I and I and I kept that road rage to myself. I kept it inside my own personal vehicle because you know what? I don't know what the fuck people got going on these days. That's true. Yeah, I kept my road rage inside. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you 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 have to think about it that way. Um, because sometimes you just have to teach your children to me part. Well, y'all know me. I wasn't going to go knock on nobody's door about that iPad because sometimes you have to teach your children. You can't approach every issue that way. You don't know what the circumstances are going to be. And so sometimes you do have to handle it within yourself or eternal internally and it's unfortunate because you would like to think that you could approach adults and talk to adults. But the truth of the matter is you just don't know where they are or what they are capable of. And so it's sometimes safer to let it go if it's not a direct harm or violation to your person, to your body or your children's bodies. I don't know. But here's what I will end the news with. Former Vice President Mike Pence is also entering the 2024 presidential race. You gonna vote for him, Byron? Mm-mm. <laughs> Not the mm, mm Did you know he was running? Mm-mm. <laughs> what, is, what is this response? Mm-mm. What is that? Plain and simple. Just no. You're not doing it. You're no. Not doing it. That concludes this morning's news. Thank you all so much for tapping in. Don't forget to click the link at the top of the screen. We're going to get a little bit more into it because I know that Annetta Powell, the visionary of this event, she has come through a lot in her business. And this is her annual, Her uh, she can tell us how many she's had, but this is her annual conference. And I know just putting a conference together, you go through a lot. That is a major test of faith when you put an event or a conference together. And so when we're talking about, are you stressing or is your business a blessing? I know Annetta has been through a lot that she could share. I know 
her speakers, including our very own Alvin Hope Johnson, who's on the stage, who will speak at this event, has been through a lot that they can share. So I want to tap back into the conversation, Byron and O'Neill, so we can hear directly from them and know what's going to take place at this event in Miami, Florida, and then also hear from others on the stage who would like to speak to, are you stressing or is your business a blessing? And I know personally, I don't talk about it uh, often on stage, Byron, but I was a franchise owner for eight years. I owned and operated a franchise for eight years. And there were times our business, our business was stressful. And then there were times where we were highly blessed in our business, but we experienced both. So I'll definitely tap in later with that as well. Passing it over to you, Byron. Absolutely. Um, you know, man, this is such an important conversation. Let me get Alicia up. You know what I'm saying? I got to get her up on this hill too. Um, shout out to Alicia in the building. Cause I know, you know, I've, I've, I've been, a, I've, I've had the opportunity to kind of witness her journey um, in business as well. And I, I've gotten a chance to witness a lot of people's journey in business and how we pivoted and, you know, all of the different things. And a lot of times when you see those pivots, you don't know what the hell be going on. Um, but, but, but what I do want to highlight, I do want to highlight a couple things. A lot of us are going to go into business, right? We're going to have a great idea. We believe in 100%. And we're going to be tested. We're going to be tested with that particular idea. And I want to talk about, I want to, I want to pose a question to the room. What are we telling? What, what, what are those self conversations like when we are tested, when we are stressing, right? Um, when we're having those moments of doubt, what are those conversations like to help us continue going? You know, let's say for, especially for my people who, a meet having to meet payroll. My people who are still having to meet ma massive obligations, still having to show up, still having to to sell the idea when you may not personally believe in the idea, still having to 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 um, um, you know, still having to do the work when you're when you're personally defeated. You're personally going through personal things that are tearing you down. What, what are those conversations like? What are you telling yourself in those moments when you still have to keep going despite of? Um, I know, Annette, Annette, are you with us right now? Are you uh, on your walk right now? I'm, no, I'm about to head on my walk, but I'm with you all. What do you think about this conversation so far, Annette? And wh what are you telling yourself in those moments? Well, first off, you know, one thing that I definitely need to be, that I think need to be addressed is, you know, when you own a real business and you scaling, uh, you, it is, you have to equip your employees. A lot of times, you know, when we have a business, we go in, you know, thinking, and this is what makes it easy. This is why I love my business. Because at the end of the day, if you equip your employees, because a lot of times we go in, we think they should know. No, 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 no. John Maxwell said you got to equip them. It's just like a baby. You got to teach them everything that you want them to do your way. That's how you grow and develop and scale. And once you are able to do that, 
now you can grow your business. You know, and that's the key. And a lot of times people have businesses and they hate their business because they physically working in their business. If you are physically have to get up at 9 a.m. and go to work in your business, you are still an employee. Like you got to get the book from Robert Kiyosaki. You talk about the four quadrants. You have to learn how to move it on the other side. Like for me in my tax business, I don't like doing taxes, I, period. So my end goal is always every business I do from real estate to taxes to the internet is to position myself where I'm going to be able to exit. And so I did taxes from 2010 to 2015. And when I went home, you know, I left and went to prison. I did 835000 from prison in the tax business. That was back in 2015. Because why? I equipped my employees. I set up a system. And I was forced at that time. This is when I realized systems really work because I couldn't tell the feds, oh, I ain't, you know, I got to still work on my business. They give you a, they mail you a date, tell you what date you got to be there. And if you don't show up, they coming to get you. They coming to look for you. So it wasn't like I had time. I was forced to learn how to set up systems. And when I understood that you got to equip employees, you know, at the end of the day, you got to listen, market enough to make money so that you can pay. I talked a couple of weeks about when you pay peanuts, you're going to get monkeys. So a lot of times we think that we hate our business because we think that, you know, we're saving money by, you know, working in our business, but we not. You got to be working on the business. That's how you scale up. You trying to be the secretary. You trying to, you know, uh, you know, be actually work your website. You trying to help the customers because you don't want to pay. That is stopping you from scaling. So at the end of the day, yeah, we have all these issues. And then at the end of the day, you know, I, I'm in litigation right now, but you got to have money too. Like I tell people, I say, you know, money don't bring happiness, but it changed some things. At the end of the day, your business can't grow. If one, you got a market, people don't understand. They put the business up. It's glamorous. But if you don't know how to bring the people or let them know that you have a business, you're going to get into that mode where you're going to be stressed out because you ain't got no money. You're going to want to quit. You frustrated. Now you can't hire the employees. So you got to go in with the mindset of I'm going to market and take this thing to the next level. I'm equipped and learn. You got to have job descriptions. Everybody that works for me, we got a job description outlining exactly what they need to do. And that's important. You can't just be, oh, I just need you to do this. No, this is your job description because they got to understand exactly what you need. And that's how you elevate. Another, what did you go to prison for? I went for paying down payments. You know, pretty much, uh, you know, I'll give you a prime example. Back then, I used to flip houses. So, you know, we used to deal with stated, stated deals. So I basically brought the down payment. I was the one that, brought the down payment to the actual deal, but the bank thought it was the investor deal. You know, you only can, in Michigan, give up 6% seller concession. So pretty much um, that that's what I did, you know? And, um, you know, uh, when we met with the, it was a, a Caucasian guy. He actually told them that I was putting the down payments on. He, you know, he rolled over with a 5K. And um, they started pulling my trash and everything. And I looked up. And um, first off, wait, we got to back up. I'm going to tell you, 
No, no, no. It all started with me. I used to date a street guy. He was a big street guy. And uh, back then, weed wasn't legal. And so he got stopped. So when they came to our house, the, 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 the Caucasian guy was already telling them that, you know, I actually was, you know, paying down payments. But when they came to our house, they made the connection. Then they started pulling my trash because they thought I was doing money laundering. But I never, for one, I've never deposited cash in my bank accounts. I've never done that. And um, after that, uh, they got a warrant to um, go into my, look, that gave them the, pretty much the evidence. They went into my office, took the hoods. I had stapled the cashier's check, and they was able to make a connection. I did write a book about it. And um, that's pretty much you know what I was incarcerated for. I didn't have no victims. So I ain't steal, I ain't scam, none, no victims. The bank was the victim where I did not disclose that I paid the down payments. So the feds- So when you say paid the down payments, what, 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 how, what, what's that violation? Um, You go in, technically you you on the actual HUD, it says you only gave them 6% seller concessions, but I didn't. I gave them the whole, for example, it was 100,000. I gave them the entire 20,000. So you gave them, 20, basically, you gave them a seller concession. No, no, no. I gave them the down payment. You know, when you buy a house, you got to give 20%, right? Yeah. I'm just an example. They uh, they didn't get, never get a 20%. I gave the 20 I brought the check to the table. Mm. And so the banks lent the money based off under the understanding that that was the borrowed money that was invested into the deal, but it was really my money. So the banks would have never did the deal had they known I gave the 20% because on the, on the actual hood, it was only supposed to be 6%. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. I get what you're saying. I get 100% what you're saying. So, so, so was that considered bank fraud? Yeah, that was considered bank fraud. So at the end of the day, when you say you're going through hurdles, you know, being indicted, and at that time, the real estate market crashed in 2009 and 10. And um, that's when I was just like, you know, I'm not going to be broke and indicted. That's a bold combination. And during that time, that's when I reinvented myself. I branded myself during, the, during being indicted. And I opened up the tax preparation business. And I just moved forward. And I was blessed. I got indicted in like 2011. And, um, you know, we had a mayor. His name was Kwame Kilpatrick. I had retained the same attorney. So his actual case bought me time. So I stayed out from 2011 to 2015. That was not number God because I was able to get my affairs and everything in order. And when it was time for me to turn myself in, I was, I was good. And the systems, everything was set up. And, you know, a lot of times people come home and they go to prison and they ain't got nothing. You know, they don't have anything. People that sold their houses, all that. I didn't deal with none of that. When I say my best friend, and my sisters and them held everything down. I had my best friend manage my money because she was making the same type of money as me. You can't have nobody. You can't leave your money with somebody and you got no money. You know, you got to be wise. So I did not leave my money with my family. They just ran my businesses. They got paid. And um, everything was smooth when I came home. Jumped right back into my life. Mm. And mm. elevated. So when I went to prison, I was like, listen. I said, what am I going to do? So what I did, I pretty much mailed a list of 100 books to myself before, because I, I hired a driver to drop me off at Alderson Federal Prison. That's where Martha Stewart went. And I wrote a list 
and I went to the post office. I mailed that list. So when I got in, the, the list came to me and I was able to tell my family, OK, I'm done with these books. Send me these. Send me these. And after that, um, I turned I took those books and um, I turned them into the library and gave them to the actual people that were incarcerated. And these were books that you read. Yeah, I said I can't. Yeah, these were the books I read and I came out better than I was before going in there because all I did was I worked out, you know, I read, you know, I, I developed my mindset. Because when they say you sit down in prison, you really sit down. Like literally, no, there's nothing to do but go eat, go to the email room and actually, you know, go in. And a lot of times people in prison, federal prison, they read these books called hood books. And it's just like, it'd be like, you know, it'd be books that with a lot of drama. And I didn't read that. And people used to be like, you real different, you know, or whatever the case may be. And then I really didn't tell nobody like what was going on with me because I kind of had a brand before I left. And then when I came home, everybody's like, oh, I didn't know you did this. I didn't know you did that. But I just went in with a plan. I didn't go in with a, you know, mindset because a lot of times people get indicted. They give up on life. You know, they, you know, I didn't, I didn't break down. I got money during my indictment. Like, shoot, I got to, you know, strap the boots up and let me get What did money. you tell yourself in those moments when you did face all that adversity? What, how did you tell yourself that you're going to keep going? Oh, no, no, no. First off, when I got indicted, I was suicidal. So I was like, I want to kill myself and this and that. But I'll never forget, I read this book from Joyce Myers. And it, it talked about powerful thoughts. And she said, when you remove, when you worry, you remove God out of the picture. And from that day on, I just kept, you know, I honestly like had God, I was praying, you know, and I remember going to, a, um, I'll never forget. And I don't know if I told y'all this. I remember going to church and the pastor talked about, because people was like, you need to move your money. You need to do this. You need to do that. And I didn't tell nobody that I was indicted until I got sentenced because you people will give you all types of advice that you will be nervous and you will look up and you will make the wrong decision. So I was very quiet about it. Like I didn't tell my mom and dad I was I had to turn myself in until the day before prison. So it was just like, you know, um, you know, I was going in and, you know, I was just like after I read that book, I understood and I just dealt with it because it ain't nothing you can do. All you could do is just take it one day at a time when you're dealing with something. And that's what I do now. I don't worry. I just take it one because you can't control what's happening. We can't control life. At the end of the day, we can look up, we can get up. That's what we got to focus on. You cannot control your circumstances. You can't control what you're going through. You know what I'm saying? You can control financially what you're going through by changing and investing in yourself. But when that lawsuit comes, you can't control that. When they, the feds come, you can't control that. All you can do is control you in the process and continue to operate and just know that everything going to work out for the good. Everything that happened to you is supposed to happen. There is no mistakes. It was no mistakes that I was supposed to go to prison, that I went. It, everything happened the way it happened. And you got to learn to accept life for what it is and step up to the plate and educate yourself on the things that you need to do so that you can become a better individual. That's important. How long you said it was before you bought them Bentleys when oh, you got yeah. out? Hold up. I'm sorry. What did you say? I said, how long was it before you bought them Bentleys when you got out of jail? I don't have no Bentleys. I have two Rolls Royces. Let me get my shit together. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, my first Rolls Royce, I bought 10 months out of prison. 
And I financed, I put half the money down. It took me about three years to pay it off. And then my second drop top Rolls Royce, I paid cash for it. And I didn't use my last money. I paid cash. It was, you know, I used it. it I mean, this is a story behind that, but that's a whole nother day about the Rolls Royce. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, it, I use it for marketing purposes. You know, I use it for a lot of stuff because that is not an asset. That's a liability. And I clearly understand that. Okay. Yeah, I could have did a lot of stuff with 300000 but guess what? That 300 I wanted to buy me a Rolls Royce because I could afford it. Period. So <laughs> real, real quick, real, real quick. This is important. You mentioned you mentioned um, that you were suicidal in that moment. What was what was those conversations like? Did you seek out professional help? Did you kind of just kind of just just lean the books? What got you through those moments? I started reading spiritual books because I lacked in the spirituality. So I started reading Joyce Myers. I started reading Joel Osteen, um, Creflo Dollar, like just reading those books to know that it gave me the confidence to know that I can rely on and trust on God that everything's going to be okay. Because hold up, I'm going to tell y'all how powerful God is. When I first got indicted right, they wanted to give me 63 to 78 months. 63. Damn. To, no, for real. For paying down payments. Like 63, I didn't have no victims or none of that, but it was about, the, the feds go about a dollar a month. 63 to 78 months, y'all. I was like, oh, God, I know you ain't going to play me like that. Like, for real, that like 63 to 78 months. And um, when I was going through that, you know, and I was reading books and stuff like that, I, listen, spiritual, having, uh, I really, really had faith. I knew God was going to work it out. So this is how dirty they are, okay? They indicted my baby sister that worked for me. She ain't got nothing to do with my, <laughs> nothing to do with my case. She ain't had nothing to do with it. They indicted her. And that's what they do. They'll try to turn family, you know, everybody against you. So my sister was upset. But I told her, I said, don't worry about it. You're not going to have to go to jail, right? Just be quiet. Just don't say nothing to them. And so when we started negotiating, you know what they said? What happened was, and this is how God worked. I didn't do anything to this guy. My The key witness dad, the, the guy that his name was Chip Wadowski. Y'all can pull him up. He died. He had health complications. So I was like, oh, I'm about to get off. I'm excited. You know, whatever the case may see. And that weakened the case. And they were like, it just weakened the case. And um, they was like, okay. The feds was like, okay, we're going to get you on a paper case. So they was like, I said, a paper case? Yeah. I didn't know they can really, like, charge you with a paper case. And that's what they did. They charged me with all the paperwork they got out of my office. So since the case was weak, this is how God worked. They said... We're going to give you 33 to 41 months. I don't have no, because when they indict you, they send you a list of all these people and ask, do you, they were a lot of like real estate people. Do you know anything about these people? No, I don't. I don't have no 5K, none of that. Like I told my, I never talked to them. Like it ain't no snitching. Like you got to understand that's why I ain't killing or murdering nobody because I ain't doing 30 years. That's not me. So I was like, no, I don't know none of them. And so after that, I got 33 to 41 months. So they said, we're going to give you 33 to 41 months and we're going to let your sister go. Because they wanted me to do some time. They didn't want me to fight it at that time. And I, would, I, I thought I could fight it, but after my attorney really broke it down to me, 
He was like, do you want to go to jail for a really, really long time? I was like, no, what's the best deal they got? So after that, I continue to pray. I continue to fast. I continue to have faith, y'all. And I went in. And so the judge, I wrote letters. I had, I didn't do anything. Like I didn't have no victims. I ain't run off with no money and stuff like that. Compassion. Like I had letters coming from everywhere. People was writing about my character and who I was. The judge went under the guidelines, gave me 24 months. And when I got in prison, y'all, I got out, I did 15 months. So I was 53 to 78, I got out in 15 months. All because I took, listen, I had to read. I couldn't rely on people. I started reading and, and tightening up and really understanding what spirituality and faith was. Because at that time, nobody could help me. Could help me. And when I went in, you know, we go in for a reason. I needed to stand still for 15 months. And I came out and God gave me a better life than I ever had in my life. So sometimes we got to make sacrifices. And at that time, I didn't understand it. You don't understand it when you're going through it. But I understand it clear because, you know, now when I talk, I inspire a lot of people that just got a prison, that thought they weren't going to be able to be successful. So I'm like a leader to them because they can understand under anything, being, you know, having a felony on your case, it does not stop you. You got to be able to make that decision that you can move different and you can make it happen. And that's what I did. Wow. So Powerful. Just imagine a black girl, Afro-American. I didn't have nobody like I, I don't have no inheritance or nothing. All this is, you know, I got like to say I got it out the mud. My parents are not rich. My daddy worked at Johnson Controls. I mean, not Johnson Controls. He worked with General Motors. My mama worked for the government. I help my parents to this day because, you know, of course, when they retire, they make $100,000 collectively. So I'm not giving nobody 30 or 40 years of my time to retire, get on Social Security, and they give y'all my parents $100,000 collectively together. I'm not interested in that type of deal. And so I'm just so glad that I was able to come out and I had a mindset and I continued to press through, even during being indicted, just having that, because that's hard, being indicted and trying to press through and be strong. I stay strong because at the end of the day, like I said, you got to, you know, everything worked out for me. I just trust the process. And when I say you got to be consistent and right now if you're on this call and things are not going the way you want to go, put in the work and just trust the process. You got to put the work in. Like we all want to be having all this rich stuff, this fabulous life. It's not your turn yet. It means that you got to continue to put the work in because the transition is bound to happen. You just got to keep putting the work in. Wow. Well, Ms. Powell, I need to tap in for one quick second because what she is speaking is some serious pain to power, tragedy to triumph. And I know for a fact that there are people in this room who know other people who need to hear this exact message today. If you have not yet, I want you to take a moment. I don't ever come off mic to ask you to do this, but I need you to ping somebody. I need you to text this room to somebody. I need you to share this room with somebody right now who could use this encouragement, who could use this uplift, who could use this inspiration, who could use this motivation in today's conversation because that's what this discussion is designed to do. What Antonetta just shared is a key example, is a testament to the power of having rooms such as these. And I want you all to not just sit on it and enjoy it for yourself right now. I need you to think about someone else who would benefit from being here today, 
who have either experienced something similar or they're going through an extremely hard time in their journey, in their business, in their career. And this is exactly the message that they need to get over. Please do that right now. Don't be stingy. We say it all the time, but it's serious. Don't be stingy with spaces like this because we all said earlier, entrepreneurs don't have many spaces or conversations like the one that's taking place right now. Pass it back to you, Byron. Yeah, I got a question real quick, uh, Anetta. Um, what um, what was the benefit of you paying the down payments? Depend the, the benefits of me paying the down payments was I structured the deal to where um, I was able to close the deal faster. The average person don't be here. You do a $200,000 deal, they need 20% down. You know what I'm saying? What is that? That's 40000 They don't got it. But if I can if I can find the house, fix it up, structure the deal, and still come out and make thirty, you know, at that time ten thousand was a lot of money. So it would be ten to you know fifty thousand. It was worth the me doing the deal. Now you know ten thousand, uh, uh, you know, for a beginner, yeah. But at that time, if I structure the deal and I can flip the deal quicker by giving you the dollar you need is the money, and that's what I did. I was flipping like ten to twelve houses a month. So basically you were giving, you were doing no money down strategies, but not, you were doing it for the consumer, the end consumer. Exactly. And I was doing it for me because it was speeding up the closing process. Gotcha. But, that's yeah, what you, you, uh, hmm? but really, you was really blessing other people with houses too that they'd have never had. Exactly. But at the time, uh, but at that, but the feds don't look at it like that. No, nah, banks at, don't look at it like that because they want them people to have skin in the game. Not. <laughs> right. They look at it as, um, you know what? They wouldn't have been able to buy it. You lied to the bank. They wouldn't have been able to get this house. Have you told the bank you was paying the whole down payment, which is true. I mean, at, you know, and at the end of the day, they was just like, she just did so many deals. It was just too many. Mm. And, yeah. And then some people, you know, the real estate market crashed. It got bad. We went in a recession. So you didn't have all of them, but you probably a percentage of them. I think I did like about 400 at that time. And they 82 of them went into foreclosure. So they held me accountable for those 82. Ooh. Because they were like. You helped with the, with the, with the bank, with the, with, I get they it. Like, they like at the end of the day, them 82 out of the 400 and something went into foreclosure. They wouldn't, they wouldn't even went into foreclosure. It's a possibility there would have not been no foreclosure had I not gave them the money for the down payment. Ooh. This was around 2008? No, 2001. Mm. So 2001, right? Eight, 2008, they were like investigating me. And you know, of course, um, then they had the um, Caucasian guy. He He's deceased. His name was Chip Wadowski. He was telling on me. So, you know, you really can't pinpoint it, it takes two or more to really build a, a case against somebody. So when they came into my office, right, what did they have? Chip Wadowski telling, and they acquired the documents to show the hood with the staple down payment cash and check receipt. So they connected it. Boom. They had it right then and there. And what were you doing on those deals? What was your, at your part in the deal? I bought, I found the house. I fixed it. And I sold it to him. Gotcha. So you was basically doing, you was fixing and flipping and then turning around and giving seller concessions to, to end buyers, but not disclosing that to the bank. 
No, they I will only disclose six percent. They didn't know I gave a whole hundred percent down payment. Got you. Did yeah, the did mortgage broker get in trouble? Huh? Did the mortgage broker get in trouble? Well, one only mortgage broker got in trouble was Chivadowski. I would not tell on no other mortgage brokers. I dealt with like it was a lot of I dealt with a lot of mortgage brokers. I didn't tell on them. I, I said they didn't know. You know what I'm saying? And they didn't know. So a lot of people escaped it. Like it, I, I could have probably did no time, but I didn't. I said I didn't know that nobody know this was me. It stopped right here with me. This where what is this it? It's it. We ain't going no further. Everything on me. So what y'all want to do? And it just worked out through my faith, praying. You know what I'm saying? Going to church. You know, like I'm. It was just me and God. People were like, I think Annette got indicted, but they didn't know. And so the day I got, matter of fact, I, I sent out a, a, a message, you know, I posted a message, talked about how I'm headed to prison and it just spread it like wildfire. Boom. Yeah. Oh, we. And so another blessing is, although, see, that's why you got to have morals and your integrity got to be right. And at the end of the day, when you're branding yourself, you got to be authentic, meaning you, you got to be an open book. Because I've came home and I've done multiple, you know, I made multiple seven figures on the internet. So at the end of the day, people at the end of the day, when you be authentic and you have integrity and like, you know, that's like, I got testimonials. God still blessed me and allowed me a second chance at success. Because a lot of times people get out of prison and they don't have a second chance. It could have been, it could have been over for me. I could have went to prison, came home and been, you know, working at the plant. But God had better plans for me because you know what? My heart was right, my integrity, and I accepted full responsibility. So, Annette, are you saying all those people that's rolling their nose up, saying she's been in federal prison and all that, but they don't have no integrity? They ain't no better than nobody else, are they? <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day, you know what I tell people? At the end of the day, we are, and I don't care what nobody say, everybody on this actual, uh, actual call got them did something gray in their life it's just everybody didn't get caught i just got caught trust me a lot of people pay people down payments in the real estate game i just got caught and it was meant for me to get caught and i'm okay with that because your life is better because of it right absolutely and i'm able to inspire and help like every year when i went to the when i went to the halfway house i came home all I had to do, I made a phone call. I got at that truck. I got a Cadillac truck. Soon as I came home, right, and it was people doing ten years, five years. They came home to nothing, and so every single year during Christmas, I sponsor the halfway house. So I actually send them gift cards and I sponsor their Christmas party every single year because you know what? And I give them my clothes, like clothes that I don't want. I take them to the halfway house. You know why? Because at the end of the day, people come home when I say to not, God didn't put me in that situation. I came home to some money plus 835,000 plus, you know, I had at that time, like 10 or 15 rental properties. So I came home on very, you know, I was financially okay, but you got other people that come home and they don't got nothing. And so I've been blessed in so many different ways that the only thing I can do is give him the actual glory and let everybody, because some people may not believe in God, but I truly do. Because I went from 63 to, to 78 months to 15 months, come home, 
you know what I'm saying? Live, you know, live an amazing life and I'm still working on myself. And then on top of that, and then on top of that, you know, to be able to do that and then have a second chance of success in the whole world. Know that I didn't been to prison. It ain't no secret. I wrote a book. It's indicted to ignite it. You can go there. I wrote a book and I don't sugarcoat nothing. Like I'm going through something right now. And I shared it with Alvin, but I'm going to talk about it afterwards. But one thing I'm going to tell y'all is I do not lay down. And one thing you got to have, because I'm in litigation right now and they wanted me to lay down. But guess what? I'm $350,000 in with some attorney fees. And see, some of y'all would have been like, oh, no, y'all would have settled because y'all looked at the money. But when you know you got integrity and your morals right, I ain't laying down for nobody. I'm going to go all the way through. Let's do it. See, but let me tell you something. This is why you need skill set. This is why you got to show up in events. Because some of y'all, if y'all was put in this predicament right now, y'all wouldn't have been able to fight for yourself. And then now you got to lay down and accept what they going to give you. I ain't accepting that. I go to work every single day I put work in. Because guess what? I ain't selling for anything. And it costs. You know, you're going to have some battles that's going to cost you. And you got to be ready for that. You got people that go to prison. Get a court appointed attorney. I ain't never had to get a court appointed attorney. It cost me $150,000 to fight the case against the figures. Why? Because I invested with myself. I got knowledge. Knowledge would change your situation. You need high skill sets to I have that type of money to be able to fight for yourself. Now, if I, I would have settled for a court appointed attorney, they probably would have been like, you know, I probably would have did 63 to 78. But you got to have somebody that's smart enough, get them some money to help you understand and fight for you. And give you the best deal, and that's what happened. Anetta, you got this fire, man. I just, I just want everybody to know that if you're listening, if you've been inspired at all, if you got three hundred dollars and can get to Miami, y'all really need to come to Miami. It's gonna be a great event. Anetta Powell is 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 just above reproach, man. It's gonna be so great. Anetta, thank you, man, for sharing this morning. I, I, I... Hey, Miss Powell, I'd like to ask you a question, if that's okay. Absolutely. Well, you don't really remember me. I served you back in 2021 at Coach Stormy's Awakening event. Mm -hmm. I was a crew member. And congratulations on your success and bouncing back. My question to you is, obviously, time is money. And being that you had to sit out 24 months, like... Not 24, 15. Let's be clear. 15, <laughs> God, <all right. laughs> 15. They gave me 24, but I got halfway house and came home in 15 months. Heard. So with that 15 months of sitting out, did you take it upon yourself to focus on the positive instead of the negative and take that as a like a break, a, a, a vacation, even though you're away from the business and away from better things that you could be doing for yourself? Did you purposely focus on looking at it like a, a vacation from the, the hustle and bustle, if that makes sense? No, I focus on looking at it as it's time to grow. I don't know if he was on the call. I said a list of 100 books. And I knew, I like, I did. they said you sit down. I didn't know you sit down like you really sit down. And when I came, I looked at it as it's time to develop and get as much information as I can while I am on this, like you said, vacation. And when I come home, it's time to go to work. So it was like I had 15 months worth of knowledge in my head that I was able to read and execute and take my life to the next level. So yes. See, a lot of times I came, when I went to prison, I, I came with a plan. I said, I'm not about to go to prison and not do nothing. 
I worked out. Like me, every day I do five miles. Y'all know what I learned that from? I learned that from prison. So it, it was a habit. I installed some habits in me that I have from going to prison, and they good habits. Reading every single day. You know what I'm saying? Waking up and, you know, talking about what I'm grateful for. You know, taking the time to, like you say, work and exercise. You know, and that, it, it's a habit. So I took them habits and I brought them home. And they have worked very well for me. I'm still in shape. I got a good body. I'm still, you know, as you can, you see, I'm still, you know, successful. I'm still thriving. All because I took the information and I transitioned home. And I kept those habits. So one thing about prison is going to allow, it's going to give you some habits that you're going to develop and you're going to take home. And they're going to be good habits. And that's what it done for me. I'm so, because before I went to prison, I had a trainer. And I quit like the first like week. Now I came back April 2017. I started doing three to five miles. My trainer been working out with me since April of 2017. And health is very important. Cause if you ain't got no health and you got some money, trust me, you gotta you gotta keep your body right, man. That's important. You know, this is this is so powerful. This is so powerful. I I wanna um. I want to highlight a few things that Anita said. So number one, you know, she went from, you know, making money, right? And then being indicted to suicidal thoughts, back to books, right? Um, finding mentors, you know, because here's the thing. A lot of us, when we, when we think about mentorship, a lot of us automatically think to, you know, online coaches or people, but what you don't understand is sometimes just reading a book can be some of your biggest mentors. Uh, I know that I, I've discovered many mentors via books and YouTube. That's like my number one go-to um, before I do anything, before I pay anybody any money. I'm going to YouTube. I'm going to books. <laughs> I'm just keeping it a bean with you. Am I lying about it? Another? No, you no, you're right. Right now you do have to like, I love how you so transparent. What you be talking about is some scammers on the internet. And these days, you do got to research people out because people be running off with some money now. They honestly do. They don't be delivered. For real. Facts. Right. Like now, I mean, I pay with my credit cards with some people that I do online. I had to do a chargeback. I do it. I'm not about to play with these people. He didn't do nothing. He tricked me. He sent me some images showing. I did. I was like, we're excited, but I, he, and um, he taught me money back guarantee, and he literally didn't do nothing. And when I asked for my money back the first time, he was open. Then the second time, I said, I really want to work with you. I gave him two more months, and then when I asked for my money, he like, oh well, we. I said, no, 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 no. You gonna give me my money back, or you gonna get exposed on the internet? How we gonna do this? Facts. And um, he act like he refunded my money. It took a long time, but I called Bank of America about two weeks ago. And um, when I called Bank of America, they gave me my money back. Like, literally, y'all, I'm telling y'all, if y'all don't like, these people be making promises and don't deliver. I do a chargeback. I'm not even about to play with you. Mm-mm. That part. I don't get chargebacks because I know I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. You know, people don't give me no hard time. I do what I'm supposed to do. I get very few chargebacks. Very. And it'd be, you know, like, really mainly my subscription. Like, they'll say, oh, you know, I didn't know. You know, I canceled when they didn't. 
I'm okay with that. But you're not about to rob me without a gun and charge me ten to twenty thousand, and you ain't did nothing, and you think I'm gonna be okay with that? No, I'm going to do a chargeback. Facts. I get contracts, all that. Mm-mm. Facts. So we're talking about the stressors of entrepreneurship, right? We're talking about financial pressures. That's number one. Number two is uncertainty and risk. Number three is work-life balance, okay? Um, number four is managing multiple roles in a business. Number five is time management. Number six is decision-making. Number seven is competition and marketing pressure. Number eight is team building and management. Number nine is loneliness and isolation. Number 10 is high expectations and perfectionism. Byron, can you, rep can you repeat that one more time so I can... Absolutely, absolutely. Which one? Which one are you talking about? Those 10 steps. I was trying to get the this. list. Gotcha. Yeah, so I could type so, it in the chat. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and Kara, I'll, I'll send it to you. So, so oh, okay, number, okay. yeah. So number one is number one is financial pressures. Number two is uncertainty and risk. Number three is work-life balance. Okay. Um, number four is managing multiple roles. Number five is time management. Number six is decision-making. Number seven is competition and market pressures. Number eight is team building and management. Number nine is loneliness and isolation. And number 10 is high expectations and perfectionism. Now, these are the typical catalysts for most entrepreneurs in terms of stress in business, in terms of stress. And you damn near have to be prepared for, to deal with every single last one of these because when you enter into a new space, a new business, right? Um, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna struggle with this. These things. You're definitely gonna struggle with these things, and there's not gonna be many people that you could talk to about them. Okay, and I just want to highlight on this call today. That if you're dealing with any of these issues, um, you definitely want to make sure that you're building team around you where you can have these types of conversations. And honestly speaking, I'm just keeping it real. This is not me trying to uh, just talk about an event. But honestly, you know, that's where you meet a lot of people that can help you in these moments. Because here's the deal. When you're lonely as an entrepreneur and you're feeling isolated. And here's the thing. You're talking to somebody like Anetta. She has tons of followers on the internet. You know what I mean? But really, who can she have conversations with? Outside of the people that's, that's, that's probably going to be at this event, right? Or outside of the people that are close to her team, right? Or you look at somebody like Alvin, who's developing major, major things, right? Who can he really talk to when he having some issues? Other than people probably here on B.O.B. that's going to really understand what the hell he got going on and... You know, and, and can maybe add value to what he got going on. Everybody else, they ain't going to understand this. A lot of people can't even have these kind of conversations with their spouse. Because your spouse loves right. you, right? But your spouse, nine times out of ten, is going to tell you, look, just quit that shit. Go get yourself a job. Or just, just why are you even doing that? I told you not to do that in the first place. That's the advice you're going to get from a lot of the people that, that love you and care about you. Right? Yeah. Balance. 
Yeah. One thing I heard David Boggins say the other day, you know, we talk about work-life balance or we need balance in our life. But if you're trying to be great, it might not be no balance. The scale's going to be tipped on the side of your greatness, the work that you have to be, that you have to put in to become the great that you say you want to be. Then maybe you can balance it out. But you don't become great. Talking about I need balance. Facts. No, no, that's a fact. Hey, Byron, dispatch it. Yeah. Just jump in. Just jump in. Y'all ain't got to announce nothing. Just jump in. Take the mic. So what you said, it makes me think about an aircraft taking off. So a plane can't take off at 50% or 40% throttle. It has to go 100% straight down the runway. All seems go. And then when you take off, there's some turbulence as you get higher. And as soon as you pass 10,000 feet, that's when things level off. So in business and entrepreneurship, like you got to ignore people. You got to focus on the, on the vision. And sometimes people are going to be blind. They're not going to see a vision. And that's why you got to stay 10 toes down. And I can understand why personal development now is so important because most people are not with you until you make it. So once you make it, you'll see what it's really about. And I appreciate this conversation today. Thank you. I want to add something right there. Um, I would say, I would add a number 11. You got to have organization and a routine. You can you can go through all of that, but if you're not good at organizing it all, it, something's going something's gonna to fall through. And a lot of times, we got a lot of stuff going on. We're moving and grooving, and having organization is very key to just executing everything that you're trying to do. And then the routine keeps you grounded. It keeps you focused. Um, when you get into a routine, whether that be to, you know, for your health, whether it be for your business, whether it be for the way like you communicate with the world, all of that like will help like just enhance that and push it out even further. And that's really like the the icing on the cake is the, is organization because you can be good at time management, but if you don't have it organized and you don't have a way in which you do it and you're not strategic with it, something's going to fall through. You're going to have burnout and you're going to have a hard time getting things done and be consistent in it. You know what? And that's a good, I love that. Shout out to you for that. Um, but what happens when something throws you off that routine? What happens when you have a moment of, of you know, let's say, for instance, like Annette was talking about, where something just complete, you know, in business, you have moments where you have things that, that like seismic shifts, like massive shifts in your whole everything that you thought was going one direction and you get, you get a shift that takes you in the complete opposite direction. What happens in those moments? Who are we reaching out to in those moments? Do we have that support system around us to have those conversations when things aren't going as planned, when right. things falter from that, that plan? This makes me think about, yeah, go on, go on, miss. Okay, I would just say on that, Byron, I think, you know, for me, I got to return to the source, right, which for me is God. 
And when I moved into a new arena, I have to remember that he's pruning me for my next season. He's undressing what I'm doing so I can prepare for it. Even though I don't know necessarily what it looks like on the other side, I just got to show up and show out. I got to set it in motion. So for me, like, I feel like my resiliency kicks in there, that eagle spirit in me to keep moving, keep um move with urgency, right? Getting out of the boat, being uncomfortable with being uncomfortable, right? Because yeah, you can have a routine, right? And things happen all the time with life. But if you still have that drive and that mission and that focus that even if I go through the storm, it's not going through me. Yeah. Can I just add to that? Because that's my source as well. But one thing, um, you know, I've learned too, and, and this isn't a but, this is a yes and, that God also blesses us through people. And um, this year being one of the most traumatic of my life, I realized that um, yes, I have the drive. Yes, I have the resources, but my network, and I think Brian uh, was mentioning this a few minutes ago, uh, the people that I surround myself with who one can relate, but two also uh, can help me, you know, strategize and look at what I'm going through from a different perspective, right? And, and kind of, you know, uh, sometimes it's not always, well, what's the best cost management solution or what's this or what's that or what's this? Sometimes it's like, hey, like he was saying, I can relate to you. This is what happened to me. Da, 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 da. You're going to get through this. I mean, you need like all the pieces. And so I just wanted to add that mentorship is important, but there's different ways that mentorship can show up in your life. And it's just getting, you know, it's great to have a mentor, but it's also great to have uh, other like-minded business owners, you know, above where you are or, or where you are that can help uh, you navigate those dark parts of life because we, we like to glaze over them. But sometimes you still teaching in, you know, darkness, still, uh, you know, serving customers in darkness, still doing all of these things. Um, but your mental health, your, you know, way that you're interacting with your family and to be straight up how you're really showing up in your business is going to be impacted by your mindset and, you know, your soul, meaning your heart, the seat of your affections and things that are impacting you. So I think, you know, I, now I believe in the I believe in God, therapy, and medication, like whatever you need to get you out of that space. So I'm just wanted to add that. That's a powerful share right there. I wanted to say something very powerful. Chris. Um, Byron, you spoke about something. You said sometimes your mentors can come from a book or YouTube university. Like while y'all were speaking, I immediately thought about thinking grow rich, chapter 10, power to mastermind. So lonely, loneliness is definitely a part of the process. And a lot of people, unfortunately, don't want to take on that road. And um, I thought about what Napoleon Hill was talking about, how you got to make a list of your favorite mentors and imagine them taking up space in your head. Like you're at a, at a, a table, the boardroom, and you have all of your favorite mentors sitting in that table. Kind of like a, a Jesus moment. Like, what would Jesus well do? Not to cut you, know? you off, but I got to get to the to the to the we're at the top of the hour, and um, we will get back to you. But here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. I want to highlight a couple things. I got a link pinned up to the top of the room, um, and we are going to be at the Wealth Connect, and 
Yes, indeed. We're going to be at the Wealth Connect, ain't that right? Oh. Yes, indeed. What is going to be your number one objective? Why are you taking the time investing into yourself to pull up to this event? Why, why are you doing that, Oak? People to go to the next level, man. I can't do it all on, my, all on my own. I can't do it with the people that I'm around. And that's what I'm talking to every day. You got to meet new people. You're trying to go to the next level. That's where I'm going, man. Networking. Networking. Um, O'Neal, how did we meet? How, like, did we meet in person or did we meet via social media? Instagram. 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 I think we it's met. 2019 okay. or 18. 18. Maybe 18. Yeah. And then when we and then we met in person, I think you came to one of my new construction projects, right? Yeah, man, we made a little content too. That was what, 2019? Mm-hmm. I got it in my phone. We yeah, played it was. a year and something before that, bro. Yeah, absolutely. But m- my point is this, though. Is that everybody in the room right now, listen, like I said earlier, you may be sitting on that million dollar, billion dollar idea in your head. The world needs you to have this idea. You know, look how many ladies will be affected if Jeff Bezos didn't create Amazon. I'm just saying, I think it'd be a lot of, it'd be a lot of hurt in the world with the ladies without Amazon. Y'all love some Amazon. You're doing a lot right now trying to pinpoint... On the ladies, <laughs> y'all, boy, y'all, feet, y'all have a secret love affair uh-uh. with Amazon and Jeff Bezos and what he got going. I'm shout out to y'all. <laughs> yep. The whole No Stingy Energy podcast channel was ordered from where? <laughs> I'm just saying, man. But no, listen, it's a it's listen, a I use Amazon. I love me some Amazon, but listen. Oh. I just think the way y'all use Amazon is different. It's di- it's a daily it's a daily routine for some of you ladies. Y'all have a a relationship that is much deeper with Amazon than I've ever seen in my life. I'm just you saying. sound triggered because your wife has you have you pick it out. I'm those triggered. Off I'm triggered every day. I, I'm, I'm triggered too. Packages <laughs> pop up every day, every day. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Jeff Bezos, you know what I'm saying? My girl side piece. Um in real Byron. life. Uh, yes. Byron, we're using Amazon. The girls are using Amazon to make money. That is why we love Amazon. Oh, we're here gotcha. Amazon Live influencers. We're getting paid to make videos about the products. Gotcha. I thought like prancing around in or putting our makeup on. We are like we're making money doing that too. Gotcha. So it's, it's a my, whole other. This whole time, I thought it was just me Erica, having to pick up packages. Not here to defend herself. Don't talk. Don't do Erica like that. She's not here. <laughs> she is not say, here to defend you, herself. What'd you say? Oh, you thought you thought it was. My, my, my got a target issue. Man. Target issue. Got you. So so between Amazon By and the Target, way, it's Target. Target. Got you. Yeah. It's, it's bad it's Listen, I'll be, I'll be hoping about got my name on it. No, sir. I think it's Amazon. No, sir. It's Amazon. No, sir. Amazon, yeah. not Amazon. It's Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, time, yes. That, that relationship goes so deep. They're working for him now. Yeah, yeah. I work for I work Y'all for work Amazon. For I am an official package about? deliverer. Yeah, from the dough to the to the to the uh, kitchen table. 
Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Me and I work for Amazon too, so just want to shout out. Let's, let's be clear. Yeah, shout out to you. Let me tell you, everyone works for Amazon. When you're shopping, you're no longer getting someone to help you or put it in your buggy. When no you're doubt. reading the reviews, you're no longer asking an employee. So how does this work? That is when a fact. We all work. You're it up from your porch. You're no longer fulfilling the placement. You're having to order it, pay for it, search for it, pick it up, no and doubt. install it. I'm all of the things. But here's the thing. Things. I got a link posted up at the top. Got a link posted up at the top. And we're going to be in Miami. And we're going to be building relation. And if you are interested in maybe finding your next business partner, what if you meet that next business partner? That next investor, right? That is interested in funding your particular project or deal, right? What if you meet that person in Miami? I can guarantee you this. It's a higher likelihood of you meeting that person in Miami June 23rd through the 25th than anywhere else in, the, in, in on your day-to-day uh, uh, encounters I can promise you that It's a higher likelihood That that person Is gonna be In Miami Maybe even on the boat If you wanna upgrade That ticket situation I don't know But I bet you It's a higher likelihood That that person Is gonna be there So If you haven't already Make sure you pick up Your tickets We wanna see you In the building In Miami Right At the Wealth Connect June 23rd through the 25th Annette is going to be hosting An event Got Rick Ross in the building Stormy in the building Myron Golden in the building And many many more Alvin Hope Johnson It's going to be on the stage as well We talking about real estate We talking about credit We talking about all things entrepreneurship But most importantly We're talking about Building relation Building connection Meeting that next person or getting that next idea, getting inspired to do that great thing that's sitting in your head, been sitting in your head. You know it's great, but you just ain't built up that courage yet. You just don't have that 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 exponential faith that you need to get it off of the ground. But we depending on that, yeah. I just read something. It says the road ahead is long and demanding, but we must remember it's under our feet. It's a fact. So go ahead, hit the link, bookmark the link right now. Go ahead and bookmark it so you can get your tickets. You want to get those tickets now, right? These are the early tickets. Make sure you pick them up now and you can get these tickets for as low as, low as less than $300. And that's, that's, that's insane, you know, uh, for the caliber of folk that's going to be in the building. Also, uh, if I didn't, make sure if you are getting some new data, the best place to get that data is with Conskip Tracing. This is a fact because they have the best pricing, 100%. And they are a proud sponsor of this show and they make this show possible every single day. But I want to get back to this conversation because we talked about a couple things couple things. It's important. Uncertainty, risk, work-life balance, right? 
And when we say work-life balance, just just keep it real. Um, A lot of times there ain't going to be no work-life balance. You're going to be working your face off to get whatever you're trying to get accomplished, accomplished. And when I say working your face off, you're probably going to be working while you sleep. Okay? When you sleep, you're going to be thinking about that business idea. You're going to be thinking about getting that deal to the to the finish line. You may be thinking about payroll. You may be thinking about um, growth, right? You may be thinking about expansion. What does that look like? Can you handle that level of expansion? All of these things are going to be going on while you sleep, while you're up, right? In, in, in almost all of your conversations that you have with folk, right? All of these are going to be things that you're going to deal with. And I got a you, question, B. Let's talk about it. How people deal with situations when the season change. Ooh. Like with wholesale and real estate or just buying houses, the market shifted. You know, you could have refinanced with these hard money lenders in 30 days. Now you got to wait three months, six months. We got to talk about, um, you know, your wholesaling properties. You get five, six deals, 10 deals a month. You drive to one deal, you know what I'm saying? You should do a bunch of... Yeah, the shit you're paying for, your team, situation like that. So that happened in any business. So we got to talk about that. Absolutely. I'd love Byron. to take it. Let's talk about it. So me. I can say for me, uh, when I, so I'm in the healthcare space. So when COVID took a hit uh, or hit us all, I had to pivot. I had to think outside the box in terms of, what it is that I can do to be sustainable in the market. Now, granted, I didn't, you know, get it right the first time, the second time, or the third time. (laughs) Uh, But I got around some people who could pour into me. And I think that's the most important piece. A lot of times we look at the people around us and we say, okay, you know, I can't do this. I don't have the support system. But you have to know that you know that you know that you're going to be blessed and filled with abundance. And I knew that my business was going to help somebody. I knew that my business was going to put people in position. And there's a lot of people right now who are struggling financially. Like I have a client right now who's in the red. I know that I can help get him out. But it was it took taking back taking a step back and saying, okay, how can I use his situation or use other clients' situations to get corporate sponsors in the door? And somebody told me to go reach out to the Urban League. I reached out to the Urban League in my city and asked if they would be willing to sponsor three of our clients. And they did. So when I go to these clients and I say, hey, don't worry about the money right now because for what I'm getting ready to do for you, you can pay me later as you're going to need the services continually. And that is is how I was able to shift my business in the right direction. But like I said, it took getting around the right people. It took understanding what my options were. I didn't want loans, right? I wanted either grants or sponsorships or government contracts. And that's something I'm working on now. So if you know that you're supposed to have this business, you know that there's going to be changes in the external environment. You know that you have to do something. Start looking at your inner circle and looking at, who is going to be there to pour into you and help you? And if they're not there to pour into you and help you, you need to start readjusting and getting in front of some people who can give you the tools that you need. Thank y'all. Hey, Barry. What's up? JL, where this... are you in that process of government contract? 
right now through my state, so I'm starting at the state level. Right now, my state is processing the documents, and then I think I'll get an email with next steps. But that's where I'm at right now. I hope I'm being. I think Pastor Jeff was trying. Yeah, thank you, Byron. I think what what Jessica just articulated was an example of what I call work-life harmony. The idea of work-life balance is something that came up in the 70s and the 80s with the baby boomers, which I am. And it's really an oxymoron because balance is a, a term of weight. It's a mathematical term, and it's about equilibrium, about being of of having the same amounts and we don't have the same amounts when we talk about our spirituality when we talk about taking care of ourselves when we talk about what we have to do in life there's a harmony a mother of a child will tell you that she has a six-year-old and she has a 16-year-old she cannot give them equal amount of time and be effective the 16-year-old doesn't require the same amount of time as the six-year-old so i believe that we ought to reframe our mindset to understand that we need work-life harmony rather than work-life balance because if we try work-life balance we will probably end up in the grave this past Jeff, those are my thoughts. Thank you, Jessica, for articulating work-life harmony. Ooh, hey. Can I can yeah, I, I got add a question. something, Byron? Yeah. Can I add something? Um, I just I, I like what um O'Neill was talking about when he says like the seasons part. I think sometimes like we'll miss um look at a season and think that it's not fruitful and it's really time for us to really go in and and take a look at where how far we've come look at like what methods and concepts that we've come up with and what we can do to reinvent ourselves and do better in the next quarter so many people like they'll launch their business they'll get out and they'll have a great quarter but then they'll slack off you shouldn't be slacking off in the off season that's your time to go back in and look at your your systems look at the feedback from your customers look at what your goals are look at your kpis and things like that so then you are working on what you need to do next and make it better you can have a great functional business right but it can always be improved so take that time where you're not making as much money or you're it's not working all the way yet you should be in the lab working on your formula working on the way in which you're going to introduce it into the market or introduce new products so take that time to do that so you stay encouraged versus just like oh it didn't work out for me in this quarter so i'm done with it and leave it there so i think it's really about understanding that just because you're in a season where it's not um you're not the most profitable right now does not mean that you're not moving and you're not making stride i love that i love that and the reason oh, I why i love that oh yeah don't go on my bad yeah who, who's that who's that I'll come back to uh, this is chris. And yeah. I. yeah yeah oh, okay chris okay here's the thing um i gotta highlight something what she said on that and a lot of that, because O'Neill mentioned seasons, right? Seasons, seasons are critically important because you're gonna have seasons of drought, seasons of a famine, um, and this is in every business, right? Um, but what she mentioned was uh, KPIs, right, and understanding the numbers. Um, that is my me personally, me personally as a, as an entrepreneur, that is what saved me through any type of slowdown in the marketplaces that. I can see it in advance. I can see the I can see market shifts in advance because I am very diligent when it comes to tracking numbers. When it comes to tracking numbers, knowing 
analyzing the I mean, analyzing the data and making decisions based on what that data is telling me before this is before it is a, a catastrophe. That is what saves me, because a lot of times, listen, the numbers are going to tell you what it is and you're going to have to pivot based on what those numbers are telling you. Um, and a lot of times, if you get good at tracking data, tracking the analytics, it's going to tell you what you need to look out for before what you look at before what your uh, the season change actually affects you in 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 a negative way. Um, now, does that is a full is it a foolproof uh, process? No, it's not foolproof. But I can promise you that. If you're looking at your analytics the right way, you're going to at least know about three months in advance, right? What you're looking like in from as a, you know, the, the general health of your business, what you're looking like at least three months in advance. And that is my um, counter to season changes. I think if you have yourself in a situation where you don't see that season change, you probably are not as effective as a, person who is tracking your analytics correctly. That's just my opinion on that. And that's not my opinion. That's a fact on that because that's what I've, it's just helped me tremendously. So I just want to shout out Ruby for speaking on that because that's a real thing. That's, that's a real thing. Byron, can I drop a nugget really quick? Absolutely. So if you're a business coach and you also serve in the healthcare field, I got a tip from one of the executives at an insurance that the mid-Atlantic area is going to need support with data analytics. So if that's your background and your specialty and you can teach on reporting, I would highly start looking at that market. Thank you. Bye. Absolutely. I got a question. Yeah. So number six, I think it was making the right decisions. So this is a different kind of question on, are you stressing? So for some of you in this room, we work so hard to see our visions come to reality and we're living in some crazy times. What happens after you break through at a level where your success starts talking more than you? Like it's obvious that you're, you're at a, a level. How do you move without having fear? If that makes sense. That's a good question. You know, number one, decision-making is so, so, so important. Um, and a lot of times, especially when you're dealing with an analytical thinker like myself, I'm very analytical in my assessment of all things. Very analytical. I look at the numbers. I look at uh, just the, the key performance indicators with all things to make sure that I'm making very logical and sound decisions. But I'll be honest with you. Um, one thing I've learned in my journey, and I can only speak for me, is that sometimes making a decision, even if it's a bad decision, even if it's a bad decision, follow me on this, is better than not making a decision at all. Making a decision, even if it's a bad decision, is better than not making a decision at all. And to some people that may sound counterintuitive because some people think that everybody has to make the right decision every single time. And that is how we become successful. 
I've I've seen tremendous amount of success come from things that I was afraid that I was going to be that made a mistake because of this decision. I've made I've made mistakes that on the surface look like mistakes that end up being tremendous blessings in my life. Um, I think on this journey, nobody gets out alive. Right. On the journey of life, nobody gets out alive. That's a fact. You can guarantee that. We can guarantee you that you're not going to get out alive. So sometimes, you know, unfortunately, we just have to make the decision. And even those, if it's a wrong bad decision. Decisions be, yeah, those bad decisions be the best ones to make, though. Let's because, talk about you know, it. Once you make that bad decision, and, and a lot of times when you made that bad decision, you, you knew otherwise. And, and, and you went against that feeling, right? Because th- this is really what you need to cultivate in business. It's, it's that feeling. You want to call it your gut. You want to call it intuition. Whatever it looks like, that's what you we, that, that we need to cultivate. So a lot of times we make that bad decision, but our gut told us to do it this way. And then, you know, when, when it don't work out, it's like, mm, yeah, I knew better because my gut told me to do it this way. And then you start to learn to go with your gut. And the more and more you go with your gut, the more and more shit start to happen on a positive note. And those and those and you start to get away from those bad decisions because you're starting to learn to t- trust your gut. And, and that, that's worked tremendously for me. For sure. One of the things about decision, right, the lat the Latin root, it basically means to cut the cheater. One of the reasons that a lot of people get stuck with decisions is because when you're taking a decision, you're cutting something else out. And we've been talking about seasons. One thing maybe we didn't talk as much about is stages. And that's when your seed is still under the soil and you're watering that business, right? And you're waiting for it to sprout and you're making decisions, you're putting in action. You don't know if they're the right action. You think they are. And you start getting stuck because you're not seeing anything working yet. And that's one of the hardest parts. But then there's stages in the business, right? Then that seed sprouts and you're worried about it getting trampled, uh, be it by your competition, by a mistake, by your taxes catching up with you, whatever the case may be, right? Running out of money. It, it starts sprouting, but, but you're a bit worried there. But to one thing you said about seasons earlier, and sometimes you can learn something from the least expected places. I learned something from someone at a slaughterhouse, right? And he said, and they they used to have these horse-drawn carriages back in the day, anyways. But he's like, look at that wheel. When it's not moving or it's really moving slow, anybody can count the spokes. When it's moving fast, you can't count the spokes. So when your business slows down, when it goes through a season, that's the time to look at those spokes to optimize your business, right? Use that downtime. A lot of people had that downtime during COVID and they came back stronger. That's one of the reasons that the economy still somehow keeps on ticking, even though every metric says every, like we look at it and we're like, it should be slowing down, but it just keeps ticking. Because a lot of people had time to look at those folks during COVID at the businesses that they did before. And a lot of them went back to and optimized their businesses accordingly. So when you have those slowdowns, it's really critical. But I think one of the most stressful things in business is basically 
the decision part and not knowing whether the choice you've made is going to work. But when you make that choice, you get to failure faster, right? If something's wrong, if you had an idea and it doesn't work out and you're stuck in indecision, you can never be sure unless you make that decision and take it, find out, take the feedback loop and optimize again. It's okay to be wrong. You're going to be wrong in life. But as long as you learn from that, and that's why Byron, like I agree with you 100%, sometimes it's better to take that bad decision, even if it doesn't work out, because at least you're going to get to learning from that faster so that you can move on to the next thing. Let, let me give you an example. No, no. And I'm going to be quiet now. Let, let me give you an example of a bad decision that a decision, how a catastrophic situation when you when you don't make a decision um, and it hurts your business. I'll give a personal example. What typically happens if you take fresh fruit and you put it in rotten fruit? It spoils. It spoils, right? It spoils everything else, right? I had a person, I had people that was within the business that were good, but they did, they weren't committed to the process. And then instead of removing that person and getting rid of them, I allowed them to stay. And then it made a lot of other people because they had negative influence on the people that stayed. So sometimes you have to make the hard decisions. And I don't, I don't necessarily believe that you have problems in your business. I think you have challenges in your business. And are you willing to accept the challenges for you to have the opportunity to pass the test for promotion? And a lot of people look at problems in business as, as a problem. It's not a problem, it's a challenge. Because a challenge means, are you willing to accept that failure or that setback in your business to make something called adjustments, which a lot of people fail to do, to continue to sustain business. As long as you're making adjustments when you have uh, 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 challenges in your business, that's a, a huge opportunity for you to evaluate the statistics to see how you could have avoided that situation. And that's gonna give you experience for growth. Every single business on this planet has a problem. But if you don't address a problem, it's gonna to continue to happen and then it'll be catastrophic, and then you're going to have bigger issues in your business if you don't deal with them. You can't, you can't have, uh, if you have a, uh, a, a $10,000 problem, it's probably because you're not passing the test for you to have a $100,000 problem in your business. I would rather have big problems than small problems in order for me to get through to be bigger for the, the company to scale. I love that. You know, I want to highlight some real quick. Um, I want to highlight some real quick because uh, my uh, who was that that mentioned? Uh, I forget who that was, but they mentioned about oh that was Los. That was Los talked about the gut feeling. I want to highlight something real quick on that gut feeling because a lot of y'all right. I don't want folk to leave here and think that your gut is gonna tell you the right thing to do every time. Some of y'all guts be lying like a motherfucker to y'all. And let me tell you, I'm just keeping it real with you. Some of y'all guts are not developed in the entrepreneurial space enough to tell you the right thing to do. Some of y'all guts going to tell y'all to quit because it got hard. Right. So I want to, I want to make sure that we, you know, are prefacing that. Yeah. Your gut is, is it, listen, your gut is a good place to lean on. Right. When, when, when you're faced with a lot of decisions where all of the decisions look halfway good, but don't replace data, good data management. Right. Don't replace good data management with your gut. Don't replace a uh, good business acumen with your gut. Don't replace you feeling physically tired with your gut because your physical 
tiredness will tell your your gut will tell your gut to sit go sit down somewhere and that ain't that ain't what we need, right? So so fear, so, fear camouflage. Fe- fe- is a yeah, gut fear feeling. camouflage is a gut feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of things going on with this gut. So I just don't no, want to you know, listen, your gut feelings are going to evolve as you become more a, a mature entrepreneur based on data, right? Based on past learning experiences, right? Because some of y'all, I, I just, you know, I felt in the spirit lost that somebody gut told them to quit their business. <laughs> and, and they probably did. And, and, and they probably should have listened. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like it's, 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 no, 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 y'all laughing, but I'm, but I'm being serious though. You know what I'm saying? Because a, a, a lot of times, you know, uh, you know, we chasing something that don't necessarily have any merit because, you know, it's it's personal to us. And, and, and a lot of times, you know, just because we passionate about something, you know, you got to get, you know, what I'm saying thousands of people to, to believe in that and pay money for it just because you believe in it don't necessarily mean that that is a thing. And that's true. Know, a lot of times, a lot of times people say, oh, man, you got to stick with it, stick with it. Sometimes you can stick with the wrong shit way too long. You could have cut your losses and, 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 and built on that other idea that you had. That's um, a fact. Another Another thing that, you know, is important about that gut, like you were saying, um, and, and that's why I was talking about you, you need to cultivate that o- over time because you're right. In, in the beginning, it's not going to be on point. You know what I'm saying? And and, and I think that most people are, are scared of making a, a bad decision when, when I think that, and, and this is just my personal experience, that making bad decisions in business are, are equally important as the good decisions. You know what I'm saying? Because knowing what not to do is, is equally important of, of knowing what to do. And, and you're going to learn what not to do by making some of these bad decisions. You know what I'm saying? These bad decisions, you know, if, if you are really in business and, and you're looking to be great, uh, these bad decisions, you, you, you're going to start making a checklist of these things. Okay, I know I'm not to never do that again. And, and, and that, that shit is equally important. And, and, and when you cultivate that and, and, and your gut feelings and, and, and all the data, you know, it, it's kind of hard to, to lose in business. Facts. Can I give you an acronym for failure? Let's do it. For failure is first attempt in learning, understanding, reevaluating, and executing. So fail forward. Facts. 100%. But I will touch. Yeah, go, ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, CJ. Real quick, Ruby, I promise. So one thing about Byron, like, for example, the event being surrounded by other entrepreneurs and mentors. Mentors are people that have walked the path you're walking. Uh, One thing I suffered from early on was I would ask a lot of people how to, what to, right? But I wouldn't talk to them about decisions I'm going through. And that is something your network can really help you. That doesn't mean go ask the postman how to cut your meat. Okay, that means ask someone that's walked the path on that decision, and that can be a hiring decision, a firing decision, a marketing choice decision. Look at mentors because they've been there, they've made that decision before, and they know how it turns out. So being in those networks, being at those kind of events, that can really change your game. And sorry, I just like I'm I'm feeling this to today. This topic, man, it like. A, because, you know, when, if you've been in business a bit, you've been through most of what you're talking about today, Byron, and it, it hurts <laughs> kind of thing in a good way. Absolutely. When we talk about events and making decisions. Yeah, I think hold on, one, one second. I think it was Ruby. 
Yeah, I just wanted to say this real quick. And and I feel like sometimes people, it's not even that you didn't make a decision. It's also that you put, didn't take your hands off of it. Like you being stingy with your dream. You ain't telling other people about your dream. You ain't even delegating tasks when it's too much for you. Sometimes you just got to let some things go and give it to somebody else. Like, like, hey, this my baby, but I trust you with my baby a little bit. Because if you don't do that, you can stifle your growth too. Because a lot of people, they want to do it all themselves. I, I can be all I can be. And you got all these people around you that want to help you with your vision. It has to be bigger than you. That's all I want to add there. Dope, dope. I wanted to share that sometimes we got to take risks and we got to make certain decisions that might scare us. Like when we're talking about events, there's this event coming up and some people are saying, well, damn, I don't know if I could afford it. I don't know if I could show up. Sometimes showing up is all you need to do. I remember a time when I was debating and going to an event with Les Brown. I showed up. I missed my flight the first day. I got there for the last 30 minutes of that event. And to God be the glory, Les Brown called me on stage. I don't know how it happened, but it happened. I got called on stage by Les Brown. And that was the biggest lesson to always show up. It doesn't matter what the situation is, what you might feel, what, what things might look like. As long as you have that belief in yourself, people are going to doubt you. People are going to try to throw rain on your parade. But as long as you see the vision and you believe within yourself, nothing can stop you. How many folk are seriously contemplating pulling up with us on in Miami on June 23rd, 25th and really, really having a powwow together, really, really, you know, um, you know congregating, learning, building community. If you all put a number one in the chat, I just really want to know who's really contemplating pulling up June 23rd, 25th. Yeah. We're gonna we gonna build community. We're gonna build relation. Um, we're gonna get face to face. We're gonna learn from each other. We're gonna shake hands, we're gonna exchange phone numbers, right? And don't be afraid. Matter of fact, if you are afraid to have honest, vulnerable conversations uh, with some of your entrepreneur friends or whatever, man, it may not be shit. It may not be the, the, the relationships that you need to be investing in. Have them open and honest, vulnerable conversations with them people. Invite them people into your, um, into your business, right, to have those conversations. It's funny to me, like, um, our office is actually next door to Al. And um, Al frequently comes in to the office and Al is a very, very, very talented entrepreneur, successful, talented entrepreneur. And it just amazes me how when we have, we sit down, he shares some things he got going on, some problems he dealing with. We share some things, some problems we dealing with and he'll hit you with some advice or perspective. You like, damn, like I ain't even Think about that shit like that. And it don't even be like a whole lot. Like you just have like a real small conversation. It'd be maybe about five, 10 minutes. And you just build like crazy. You'd be like, yo, like this is insane. The perspective shift that I just received in like six minutes, seven minutes, eight minutes. You know, uh, Los was at the office. Uh, what was the last week? 
And Lowe's got to talking about credit and he got to digging deeper into all of the different things that he got going on and why he understands and thinks this way and moves this way and does this. And I'm just like, damn. Just like, damn. And it just speaks to the fact that a lot of folk that you see that are successful, these people have put in countless amounts of hours, nonstop, unmitigated focus, unmitigated dedication in this particular space. And you may have spent a couple hours in this space and you think you're doing something. You ain't doing shit. You ain't even halfway there. You ain't even, you ain't even on the map. You ain't even on the map. But you think you done did something. And you think you should be getting a pat on your back for just getting up this morning. And when you talk to some of these talented entrepreneurs and you really start di diving deep into like their experience, their journey, you like, fuck, I'm not even close. Matter of fact, I'm exponentially different and I'm I'm waking up excited about my business wanting to pat on my damn back. If you don't go sit yourself down, what you talking about? You want to pat on your back? Have you, you know, it's funny because we look at analytics, right? You know, I'm, I'm I'm looking at uh the things that Lowe's got going on from from learning credit and 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 LLCs and law and all these things. I'm like, God, like, like I'm not even close. Not even close. And a lot of times it be like that in our business. You you haven't done enough work yet. Sweetheart, you ain't done enough work. Respectfully. Respectfully. You know what I'm saying? You ain't done enough reading. You ain't done enough investigation. And sometimes that's the reason why a lot of people fail in the market that they are in. Because but they feel that you can just instantly come into your field and industry because you have a positive mind and you feel like you can do it, but you don't got the backbone behind it. You don't got the... You the backbone or the work ethic. No, the you work can't expect, you, you can't expect, expect Lowe's and Byron's success without doing the, the same amount of work that they do. You can't you can't expect the same you can't expect multi million dollar you know business uh activities unless you're willing to do Lowe's and Byron work. That's that's what it comes down to. That's that's a fact. People want to microwave, you know, and get it fast, but it's gonna require for you to to commit yourself to do the same amount or more work that they did to get there. And I have not, and I do not know what work-life balance look like. I, I miss track meets. I miss football games. Motherfucker, I have to pay somebody to come clean my house and all that shit because, man, ain't no work-life balance if you really, you know, well, it just depends on what success looks like to you because it's, it's different for everybody. But the, the way success looks like for me, I, I haven't found a way to, to, to balance the two just yet. But also, it's, it depends on the stage that you went. Uh, I'm Dorian Page, by the way. I'm at the bottom, but it also depends on the stage that you at in your career, also or in your field. So sometimes, when you get to a point in your career, you you can't have that work like balance because you orchestrated your company so well that it's running by itself. Because that's the goal. The goal is to put so much work in into your field to where it run by itself. Because all you gotta do is just pass the information down throughout your company or the people, uh, a part of your company that you hire, because. <clears throat> That work-life balance is important, but it, it isn't important in the beginning stages of your career. So, like, in the beginning, the first few years, first 10 years, first 15 years, if you want 30, you have to know how to 
be aware of not having a work-life balance in the first stages. But that first stage sometimes can change fast and rapidly depending on your work ethic and how you soak up the information that you need to grow. No doubt. I think that's the difference of uh, working in your business versus working on your business. And I was going to present that question as far as like, what is the difference? Um, so I would love to hear everybody else's perspective on that, but I'll just give my take really quick, you know, working in your business. Cause it's already been talked about. It's already been discussed. You're working countless hours. You're waking up, you're, you're doing this, you're, you're wearing all the hats. Um, so it's like, you're still an employee, but when you're working on your business, it's just like the last gentleman said, it's just like the business is running itself. You have employees, you have, contractors like the work the business is sustaining itself uh with little to no effort um you're still I, doing things still, no here's the thing here's the i disagree that with that good in theory that's yeah theory. yeah you know here's the thing i think what happens is you know is you start off like what you said doing ran all the hats doing all the things and i love to get lost take on this too you start off there, right? And then when you elevate to the level of where you're managing all these things, you're still managing all these things, more of a balancing act. So your role changes, but you still you still got to keep a pulse as to what's going on. Um, it's just different kind of pulse. You you just you it's a balancing act. You still got to make sure that everything is working the way it needs to work. So I don't know. That's what I've seen in real right. life. Right, Los, what, yeah, what have you, know, you seen? You know, it goes it, back it, it, a lot of times, hey, he said Los. Los, it's only one Los here that I know of, brother, respectfully. But, you know, it, it really kind of, in my opinion, you know, a, a lot of people who got these internet businesses and all that stuff, that may be the case for them. But when you're managing people with inventory and, and, and sales and, and uh, appointments and, and all these things, that it, it don't necessarily look, look like that. You know, I, I guess several businesses where it's employees being managed and, and, and things of that sort, and, and, and it'd be a struggle. And, and and as you like, like you say, as you get more and more successful, and then you you, you bring on other endeavors. Now you managing the management. Now you managing the numbers. Now you tracking stuff from last year uh, versus this year, and things like the work don't stop. Um, and you know, you know, we, we think about most people who who got a job. You got one nine to five. What about the person that's managing four nine to five, doing the same nine to five? That's me. You know what I'm saying? And it, 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 it's not, you know, just sitting back, relaxing. That that shit don't work like that. You know what I'm saying? It, it sounds good in theory. In theory, yeah, you got to have your KPIs. You got to have your SOPs. You got to have this. Yeah, you do. But people don't, it, they, they still need help. They still need comprehension. They still got to do a repetitive. They, they, it, it's still a lot that, that go with that. And, you know, when, you know, people just say, you know, that, that shit sounds good, working on your business and, and in your business. Yeah, that, that's a great catchphrase and all of that. But realistically, it's not going like that for most people that's in business. Facts. God damn, that's facts. That's legit. And why that's so important. Anthony, I definitely got to get your take on this. Why that's so important and the point of this room is, listen, man, this shit look, all that shit look good on, on Instagram. All that shit look good. But the real, the reality of this shit is different. And that's the reason why we're having this conversation. Shout out to Los for keeping it a bean. Because look, look, yeah, you 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 get to a space to where even me right now, like I'm not at a space in business to where I have to go and do everything. I got people, right? But I still got to make sure shit is going correctly or fuck, we're going to be in trouble. But that's why you need a project manager. Well, you yeah, absolutely. You need a project manager to be over to oversee them people. And you can't work on, you don't have to work in your business. I don't work in my business. I got systems. 
I got people that I pay good money. I, I didn't have to go to the tax doors not one time. You know what I'm saying? And did two million in 90 days. Just with my tax bills. So no, 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 it's called, you gotta get some more skill sets and learn how to work on your business and not in your business. Here's what Byron, I think. I'm gonna get on your schedule, goddammit. All right, I'm on your schedule then. <laughs> and Miss Anetta, you spoke about Byron, Rich Dad Poor Dad earlier. That book about the cash flow quadrants. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think I think Anthony was trying to say something. I think I think I think you know uh, to the, to the point. I mean, if you listen, man, if Elon Musk is working in Twitter, what makes you think that you don't need to work within your business? Like. Yes, you work in your business and then you have you you get to scale, but you still have to have something called accountability. Okay. And then you also have to look and see and, and look at those metrics until you can get to scale. Right? I because if, if you get you to, to I'm not I'm not, ta- I'm not talking about you. Hold on just a second. Don't interrupt me when I'm talking, please. Okay, respectfully. What I'm saying is that, you know, you have to, you, you know, what I've learned in business is that you still have to be present because you know, in order to operate the business, it's going to get to a point to where your customer service starts to break if it's just you. I think that's what they're talking about. Everybody's saying the right thing, but it gets to a point to where you do have to add pieces within your bit. Like my highest and best use is not uh, editing videos and doing all of those things, but it's needed. So you add teammates. My highest and best use is not doing taxes. So you get to a point to where you get, you know, you you start to develop a team to where you can get outside of those uh, day-to-day activities, which is the 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 the, um, the mission of the vision, the business, and then you're the visionary to put people in place to scale. So that that's within any business. So that that that's what I wanted to add. So I think that you know, I still have to be present. I have seven businesses, and they all operate at a high capacity. But I also still have to keep an eye- eyeballs on things to make sure those man those those leader the the leadership people are doing what they're supposed to do. And then we have to make sure that we reduce waste in order to scale. So that's that's any business. I think I think that that's what I wanted to drive home. That's 100% correct. Miss Anetta, you spoke about leveraging systems. And I feel like a lot of people don't really understand that. Like I'm in partnership with, with Stormy. I'm in TLC and I got this detox shop in New York. Brooklyn and Queens. I focus on my retail business. I'm out there working, but at the same time, I understand that I have to scale my business. I have to have more leverage, more business partners. I don't want to just be out there focusing on my customer base. I want to tap into the other streams of income by helping other people win. And I feel like a lot of people don't really understand the power of network marketing. You know, it's, it's just a powerful platform and, you know, it's been a blessing for me. And I'm, I just want to say something. I, I'm on this, this room and I know my profile says I am a millionaire. It's just an affirmation. I'm not out here capping to be something that I'm not. I'm just grateful for how far I've came. And I know that I'm on my way and I, I'm just speaking things into existence. And I'm just here to encourage and empower other people to show them that it's possible. Like the people out there need help. As long as you focus on helping the people, however mm-hmm. way you do it, your blessings are going to come. And that's just my two cents. And I want to thank, uh, well, Byron, I want to thank you for uh, correcting me. And uh, Los, thank you all for your input. I definitely wasn't saying, you know, you're removing yourself or taking your, you know, taking no, a seat and things like that. No, you're very much still over the operations. No, 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 no. Real, real quick. Just, to, just, just to, I want to, I want to preface something with the room real quick. Here's the thing. I'm not coming for nobody. Listen, this conversation is for the people. 
So, 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 so I don't, I don't want y'all to get like, you know, get a, you know, personally feel attacked because this ain't about you. It's about having a fruitful conversation to the people. So we like to have balanced perspective. Balanced perspective mean that sometimes if you lean too far to the left, I got to pull this conversation back to the right. It's not a personal thing. It ain't got nothing personally to do with nobody. It's about having a balanced conversation on a very serious topic because when people leave this conversation, they're going to interface with the real world, right? And the real world don't have set rules and guidelines that keep you safe. In the real world, this is the jungle. In the real world, you can go and get eaten by a lion in real life and, and you know, you know, I'm using this as a metaphor in business. No, you can get eaten alive in this shit. So what I'm trying to, what we trying to do is, is have a balanced perspective for the people. So you don't have to explain yourself respectfully. You ain't got to, like, don't don't take it personal because it ain't about you. You're not that important. On, not at all. On, not at all. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? We just having a conversation for the room so people can leave here with a real fresh Understanding of what's going on And when I say you're not that important I'm talking to myself too I'm not that damn important Nobody's that damn important Over us communicating What the real world of this shit look like That's all I'm saying Respectfully Hit the horn, Byron Hit the horn You know what I'm saying I love this conversation It's, it's, it's powerful Much respect no to doubt. everybody No doubt But listen It's 8.59 We are well overdue But If you haven't already Make sure you Hit the link at the top Right. We want to see you in Miami. Um, we are. Oh, matter of fact, we got kind of skip tracing up here. Also, yeah, if you're looking for any top top tier data, you definitely want to go to kind of skip tracing. But I'm going to put this link up here um, to the event because uh, I need everybody to pull up to this event because we're going to we're going to we're going to do we're going to do some major things uh, in Miami. I'm excited about it. Uh, we, we need you in the building. Needs you in the building. Um, I'm excited about hearing Rick Ross talk about what he got going on. Hearing Annette talk about what she got going on. Alvin, uh, my guy, uh, uh, 19 Keys, Myron Golden. Uh, listen, Mick, you know what I'm saying? Runaway Billionaire. There's just so many talented entrepreneurs that I'm looking to interface with. And if you're looking to interface and build community uh, with us in Miami, make sure you pull up. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a fantastic experience. That's what I think. Um, but with that being said, listen. Before we close out, Byron, I'm about to do an impromptu room right after this room on public speaking 101. So for anyone who would like to tap in, make sure you're connected with me here. Follow me right now if you haven't already and follow me over. I'm going to open this room as soon as this room closes. Thank you, Byron. That part. And with that being said, previously on Ready.
breathe it, just got too hard on your middle I've been around it some time to care them bills When you had them passes, remember you knew me before the back You seen a vision, you know me for sure, you thanks Knew how to rip it apart, you let me inside I pick up the pieces and play some Come treat me right, I know you excited Know what I like, already satisfied Giving all my mind, I don't wanna hide Or fly it I want it right now Wanna spend this time on you right now Tell me, can you slide on me right now? What you want now? Can I fall through? It's on you Your body language clear to me But I need you to say it to me I got a good time being long since you had one Better to head down to the racks come What you want, can you slide on me right now? Got a little something for you when you're back home Yeah, we don't need to talk, your body on me already saying a lot You been on edge, you really doing the most I been on plays, I'm done being a ghost to you Sometimes I get tested, these hoes on the play But I keep it together, you know that you get what you want when you selfish I pick you up, you can slash in the back As long as you tell me it's my own possession I know how you like it, I'm all in your head I'm in better than your bed, let's to be crash the connection I got a thing for you The way that you do it, you do make it hard to go out of range from you You know what time it is I'm on your line again Pull up in five, I throw you the vibe You show me the things I miss Come treat me right, I know you excited I want it right now Wanna spend this time on you right now Tell me, can you slide on me right now? What you want now? Can I fall through? It's on you Your body language clear to me But I need you to say it to me I become and where I go from here.